<laughs> Honey, I can't come to dinner. I'm twiddling with my knobs. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, October 24th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 246. This is No Agenda. Hoping I can get a pictorial gig in the Russian Maxim. And coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it's raining... And I'm holding a British sovereign. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Finally, he hops on the gold bandwagon. Indeed. <laughs> Have you invested in gold, John? No, somebody sent us a British sovereign. Oh, really? Oh, just yeah. one? How do, we, how do we split that? We're going to wait till you tell me to sell it. And then it goes into the checking account. Now, the sovereign, is that, uh, is that an ounce or is that less than an ounce? Or is it a third of an ounce? It's not an ounce. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> is it a little teeny, teeny, itty, like bitty thing? No, it's not that small. It's the same size as those coins that you uh, picked up. They're just, you know, I don't know what they're, what, you know, they're, it's, a, it's a, the one that it's I gave a, it's you. The size of a, it's the size of a nickel. Okay, so it's probably about a third of an ounce. It's worth $359.50. That's exactly right. Uh, well, I would hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm telling you, just hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, I think gold will, it's going to pull back a little bit. Uh, we may even see it go down to uh, 1100 and then it's going through, uh, straight through 2000 and I would uh, sell when gold is around 2500 <laughs> Well, that'll make the sovereign worth, let's see, about uh, 700 bucks. I'm not mocking it. But we're just going to credit our uh, friend David Wright for the $359.50. Oh, okay, uh, cool. But wait a minute. But if, if, there's a story, story that goes with it. It's uh, kind of amusing. Are we doing that now? Or? My daughter, was a, it was an eye roller for her. No, we'll do it after a couple of interesting uh, tidbits. <laughs> That's presuming you've got one. I got one. I think the, the salt tidbit is the, is the key. Oh, this is the, uh, the New Zealand um, survey? Well, so apparently a bunch of people, in fact, some researchers came out, and this is, I guess, in a number of journals now, that all this bogus crap about, you know, using too much salt causes high blood pressure may not be true at all. Yeah, this was in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, which joins, it says here, an international survey released late last year with similar findings. Oh, how come we didn't hear about that one? Nobody wants to talk about it, except <laughs> us. So uh, I, I did read through the article from... Uh, from the New Zealand, uh, what is it, Herald or so? The Sydney Morning, no. Oh, actually, it's the Sydney Morning Herald. Huh. It's interesting. From New Zealand. I don't understand how that works. The, the U.S., we didn't pick, we, we're, we're on the no-salt bandwagon. And we can't let this news out because it will make a bunch of people like the New York City. Uh, Restaurant city organization. <laughs> look like a bunch of foolish idiots. Yeah. But uh, apparently there's no. Uh, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to it. The whole salt thing is a scam. Well, the main thing is, is that I guess that what the study showed is that there is no necessary correlation between uh, sodium intake and high blood pressure because that's the main thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all know it, this is about the Codex Alimentarius. This is well, all about you, control of the food. Yeah, it's a food control thing. So they want to cut down this. I don't understand what the mechanism is of cutting down the salt. It doesn't matter. But, it's a, it's an easy thing to, uh, to yeah to, to make you do. Around. Just shut up. Hey, shut up. No more salt for you. I put a a, a short a ten. I need salt. <laughs> I put a I short. Need ten, salt. Ten, I, need salt. 
<laughs> I put a 10 minute documentary uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com uh, called Shadows of the Future, uh, which uh, relates to the Codex Alimentarius. So uh, people can check that out later. And b- before I forget, John, in the morning to you, in the morning to all the human resources in the chat room and all ships at sea. Yes. We have a sailor that listens to the show, and that's why we do that. I think we we may have more than one sailor. I've only heard from one. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I did have that in in my own notes to to discuss. But, of course, this will go nowhere, and pretty soon we'll just be eating bland flub. I see that. uh, Did you tweet? Yeah, of course. Okay, JC's pestering me because I mentioned that the that the um, my preamp blew up and I didn't retweet. It. I was still you know <laughs> preamp I fixed. I'm not gonna overdo it. Mm. So uh, anyway, the only thing that bothers me about the salt thing is the only reason I brought it up is because now it's because <laughs> I've actually enjoyed over the years looking watching people dump salt on their food and going. Why don't you put some food in your salt? <laughs> or, uh, God, you use a lot of salt, don't you? Well, the, on- you know, the only thing I can really think about this whole get rid of the salt meme is to be able to up the MSG and aspartates that are being put into almost everything we eat. I mean, is, is MSG actually outlawed? Is it illegal? Is it, uh... No, no, MSG is legal. You can put it in anything you want. It'll give you a headache or some people. Well, I... It can give. I was watching a, a doctor the other day. And it can give you a lot more. And, you know, there's some people that say that uh, MSG is related to autism uh, because what it does is it, it doesn't actually make the food taste better. It makes your brain think the food is tasting good, right? Because it, yeah. it's uh, the same chemical that your well, own brain makes, like neuroreceptors or whatever Well, actually, it is. Uh, MSG is found naturally and yeah. in, in a natural form doesn't seem to have the negative effects of the chemical. Well, it's, it's a little bit. It's not like, you know, like, you know, you, you make some dirt, like chicken McNuggets, and you throw some MSG on that and people go, hmm, it's tasty. <laughs> I really like well, that. Well, it, it's actually MSG has uh, really a lot more to do with mouthfeel. And, really, I, I thought it was uh, it's a brain receptor thing. There's no, there's that element, but mouthfeel has a lot to do with it, and also uh, it's natural to mushrooms. So apparently, the aspartate, which is a an amino acid, uh, I'm really stretching here with with my actual knowledge of this, uh, which of course a derivative of that is aspartame, also has similar effects on the brain. Where um, it, it that's why you know stuff like NutraSweet doesn't actually make whatever your whatever cookies you put it in doesn't actually make it sweet. It makes it, you think that it's good. Onward, <laughs> en- enjoy your aspartame. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Have some chewing gum. You're actually chewing on like cow cow tongue. You don't even know what one it of the is. Day, one of these days that we do, uh, we have to talk about this. My wife is on a, a jag about this stuff, which is hydrolyzed vegetable protein, which is put in, which is apparently the new substitute for MSG, and is thrown in almost everything. And it, the evidence indicates, since most of it comes from China, that it, oh. it could be minimally tainted. And uh, you know, you just have to cook your own food. People just go to the store. And buy some, buy some fresh fruits and vegetables, and you know, it's like, you know, how hard is it to cook squash? Well, you know what the problem is, John. The problem is it's expensive. 
because all these other industries are all subsidized and all the the crap is just cheaper. I mean, my God, man, turn on the television. You can get an entire meal, a tasty meal from Jack in the Box for a dollar ninety nine. I mean, no, how, is actually, how, how can you beat yeah. it? That's the problem right there. Yeah, there's that element. And then <laughs> and they throw all kinds of MSG and whatever whatever that protein crap is Mimi's talking about. They throw it on there. You're like, uh, I'm, I'm eating poop, but it's, it sure tastes good. It's yummy. No wonder we're obese in this country. So anyway, uh, this week uh, we have a couple of themes. Did you follow the WikiLeaks thing? Yeah, I followed a little bit. I was hoping that you would dissect I found the- I found the, the key. Uh-oh. And uh, I, I, we're I, was, gonna... I, I was hoping you would uh, dissect the the the, um, uh, the press conference. I have part of it. Okay, I did. I uh, did get him walking away from the CNN interview. I thought that was kind of funny. Did you see that one? No, I missed that. Okay. Well, what what you got? Well, let's do our producers first, and then we'll get into the uh, fine into idea. that. And I think we also there's a couple other. I, I, I finally went and uh, deconstructed that Law and Order show about the domestic terrorists. I it was a meme fest. <laughs> Good because I, I've I've got a little bit. We have complimentary stuff once again. Brilliant minds think alike, John. Remember, yeah. we, we we promise ourselves to say that we're brilliant. Right. Like O'Reilly does. Yeah. We're brilliant guys. Yeah. Yes. It really works. It's great for ratings. We're brilliant. We are fantastic. Yes, we are. Best show in the world, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's start off with our executive producers, including uh, our new knight. Yeah, hey. For, uh, who's now to be referred to as Sir Ron Lang of Calgonia after he's knighted, of course. He's from Calgary. Uh, one of the fine cities of Alberta pays the way for most of Canada. As a matter of fact, Alberta is the key to long-term success of Canada. Hmm. Uh, so he he, wait, a, he, did he go straight in in a knighthood? Straight in, $1,000. Holy he moly. the executive producer. Let's make him standalone executive producer. Okay. And uh, he also needs a de-douching. You've been de-douched. Happy to do that. Hell yeah. No kidding. And he'll be knighted later. Uh, also, we have uh, two uh, executive producers. that We have no associates this week, which is odd. But we have two. Nolan Waugh of Otorohanga of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanting to redress the balance by showing that red-blooded meat-eating Kiwis listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, that's because not, of all the vegans down there. <laughs> not just panty-waste vegans from Gitmo Kiwi. Good word. Good use of the word panty-waste. Excellent. Uh, panty-waste Kiwis. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Uh, Thank and you, it's Nolan. pronounced Wharf, actually. W-A-U-G-H is Nolan Wharf. Okay, Wharf. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. And then we have our sovereign donor <laughs> David Wright of Bromsch, Germany, Deutschland I'm sorry, Deutschland, donation, Deutschland. David Wright yeah, okay. W-R-I-G-H-T gave a sovereign, we will credit him for 350 which makes him an executive producer, but the story <laughs> I don't know if I should read this story, but I will um, and by the way, he's been trying to get uh, to give us a ten, ten, ten. We may have to give him a post, a black mention or something if he ever gets in. He can't get through the international banking system. This is a problem, by the way, with our worldwide donors. Uh, they either have to send us a check or he sent us a sovereign in the in you know in the post office. And he says, uh, in the meantime, while he's waiting to get us some more uh, money, here's a gold sovereign. This is what got my my daughter, which my great great aunt. Gave to me for Christmas when I was a kid. Oh, wait a minute. Great, great aunt? 
Yeah. Well, no, I guess that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so that's like an heirloom. Well, it's a 19, it's a 78 coin, so that's how long he's had it. For Christmas, when I was a kid, it has been sitting in the safe for over three decades. I hope you can find a use. <coughs> why are you mocking this? I'm, I, I'm not. I think, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, well, I why was, was Jay so, mocking this? No, she, she, she said it was sad. <laughs> no, it's not sad. It's, she it's wasn't beautiful. She was mocking it. She saw the crew for the ant. Well, we should give her the credit. That's right. But, she, you know. she can be an uh, executive producer. Yeah, well, that, it's a beautiful thing. That's true love, I, and I really appreciate it. You don't it. have a name, yes. No, it is. I agree. I don't think it's not mocking. I'm, only, I'm not mocking anything except for the three decades. <laughs> I kind of like that kind of thing. That's got not mocking. It's, it's okay. emphasizing. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, thanks, David. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. Now we have a, a, a and I didn't have never even thought about these coins. I didn't know much about it. Uh, it's, you could flip it. It's a, it's not wrapped up or anything. It's just, a, just a sovereign. He probably has a bag of them. Yeah, it's a good investment. I have a bag. They were only of, a pound, I believe, back then. <laughs> back in the day. A couple of PR uh, mentions. First of all, uh, thanks to uh, the guys who maintain the uh, noagendachat.net servers. They've added another IRC server since um, apparently, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of people in the chat room during these broadcasts. So we now have irc.us.zeronode.net. That's a California server. So uh, that'll give us some extra capacity. Really appreciate that. That's a great way to support the show. Uh, shout out to our, our friend uh, from Gitmo Nation down under, Maynard, Maynard, Maynard. Uh, who participated in the Newcastle Undead Society Zombie March and uh, is holding up a big sign uh, called In the Morning. (laughs) 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 It's it's, it's walking around with In the Morning. I'm sure that's going to go over well, but we appreciate it. (laughs) In the morning. Uh, Zombies in the morning. (laughs) Zombies in the morning. And remember, it ain't over until the fat guy gets tased. Uh, Ryan Breedlove, who we talked about on the last show from uh, No Agenda Shots on YouTube, um, as you know, we we talked about on the last show, and of course, this took off immediately. He's uh, posted uh, three or four more of these no agenda shots. I got to tell you, this is really good. These uh, you know these three to to six minute clips of the show um, that you can embed, you can uh, send them around. I think you can uh, put them on your. Uh, you can, I guess, you can probably put them in Facebook as well. There's a way to do that. Oh, that's a good idea. And and it's it's it, I think it's very helpful because you know it gives people a way to get into a topic of the show. And he posted a couple new ones. One was um, what was the one that I like so much? Well, he did the. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to defend Sarah Palin for a minute. That was kind of funny because you know that would get people's attention. He did. Uh, oh, the uh, put it into perspective. The music industry. Um, no, you know, I haven't seen that. I haven't heard that one. Well, well you were part of the show, right? I heard it when we did it. <laughs> okay, right. That's why I don't listen to the show. <laughs> okay, you uh, could be cutting all. You could be cutting me out of the show completely, and I since you're producing it, uh, and I would never know. You should do that as a joke. Yeah, that, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. So, what do you think, John? <laughs> well, that's great. Well, is that the best you can do? <laughs> You know, it's not just nothing. So I think someone should get noagendashots.com and point it towards this youtube.com slash user slash noagendashots so we can promote it even in an even better manner. But anyway, that's taken off. That's really great. Um, a new, oh man, where there's this new site called westopthewar.org. And uh, 
pretty interesting concept. I think they actually want to surround the troops in Afghanistan. And, with more troops? Uh, no, with just people. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll work. <laughs> well, uh, but on the, on the site, WeStopTheWar.org, there's a real news section. And if you go there, it's pretty much us. <laughs> it's uh, no agenda. It's, uh, it's all us. Ha. Huh. So well, we're now. Well, that that comes in handy. So because I figure I've been flagged today because during the um, during my research this week, I was looking for that law and order show when the uh, uh, when the guy casual one of the cops casually says, well, that's what Timothy McVeigh used. It was nitromethane or some some chemical. Uh-huh. Um, hydrazine is what it is, actually. Uh-huh. And I, I as soon as he said that, I said, oh, my that's. I thought it was an info bomb, you know, pure old fashioned, the kind that the people used to, to blow up uh, mountains. Yeah, the kind uh, we used m- to ammonium, use. Ammonium, nitrate, and, and fuel oil. Yeah. But but apparently, so I went, did, did some research, and I got the plans, Timothy McVeigh's drawing of the truck. Uh-huh. I figured as soon as I had that up on the screen, I said, oh, <laughs> there we'll you. be getting some, to be the FBI will be listening to this show tonight, today. Guys, can you donate? Yeah, that's, that's all right. I, I, I was enjoying pedobear.org. And, <laughs> yeah, you're dead. And you're I'm like, be flagged. that's stupid. Yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, this is not such a good idea. Maybe. Yeah, everything's a honeypot. So anyway, so I'm looking at the at the. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. We're not quite done yet. Hold on. No, St- stay with me. You're gonna get. I know you can't wait to do your law and order. I know how incredibly important it is. No, I'm gonna do that later. You're gonna in do the show. wiki stuff. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Um, hold on a second. I just gotta get this here. Uh, final piece. Uh, from uh, one of our producers, um, you know, I'm really sick and tired of these pesky clipboard-wielding trolls with an agenda always standing near the entrance of a grocery store or coffee shop. How do I get them to stop bugging me to sign their petition? Well, and he actually recorded his five-year-old daughter saying it. Some free beer propaganda, man. <laughs> Have your kids, you always- uh, actually three-year-old daughter now, don't feed me your propaganda, man. <laughs> I think we should have all our kids do that. <laughs> and then so- uh, and then finally for the uh, no agenda primer, which still a lot of people are disagreeing with, they think is pronounced primer. Um, we've received a couple more uh, great testimonials at drop.io slash na primer. Here's a, just a sample here. Nothing gets me going in the morning like a hit in the mouth from Adam and John. Right? So this is, uh, this is kind of the, the good stuff that people are saying. I was having prostate troubles. But thanks to no agenda, they're a thing of the past. Thanks, Adam and John. <laughs> See, we're helping people worldwide. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Human Resource 221E70-D in Gitmo Nation D. Listening to no agenda. Charged up and ready to go. All size bitter. Yeah, the Gitmo Nation Deutschland guys, they had some practice. (laughs) They know how it works. It's built in. All right, so um, uh, big, big, big thanks to uh, our executive producer, uh, standalone executive producer, Ron Lang, who will be knighted later on in this program, and uh, our executive producers, Nolan Worf and David Wright. Uh, we really appreciate what you've done for us. This is an official credit. You can put it on your resume, and unlike Hollywood, uh, you can have people call us up, and we will actually vouch for you. Everyone else out there, please at least go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth.
Shut up. Sit down. Okay, so uh, I think uh, before we and get by into the way, yeah, I yes. want to also thank everybody. That was great. Anyway, uh, go on. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, you and I have uh, discussed ad nauseum almost how we feel that WikiLeaks is pretty much a CIA operation. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's even more interesting when the New York Times and other publications of such ilk get a, uh, a, a pre-copy of the WikiLeaks. These guys now have an entire organization. <laughs> Yeah, and the, we should and the, also and mention Wiki, that WikiLeaks leaks to the press before they leak. It's amazing. Uh, it's also uh, I don't. We don't. We uh, by the way, we can't prove any of this, but by by inferences and 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 evidence, we make these assumptions. Uh, the New York Times has always been kind of a mouthpiece for the CIA, and in fact, it, it, in think? one of the clips uh, that I'm going to play, it's it. You, there's some it's kind of even is brought back again because at the WikiLeaks press conference, uh, Daniel Ellsberg, the famous Pentagon Papers guy, uh, came up to to uh, introduce somebody else who was going to give the Sam Adams Award to the WikiLeaks guy, whose name I can never remember. Is that, so like, is that for outstanding achievement in beer? <laughs> the WikiLeaks guy for uh, something. And uh, an award is, it's an award for being a leaker, I guess. So <laughs> and they give leak? it out to mostly British guys get it. And I don't know why it's named after Sam Adams if that's the case. But whatever the, the case, Ellsberg comes up. But instead of just, you know, he first he thanks the guy for doing this. And he says it should be done more. He actually, to me, drops the bomb that I think this whole thing was set up for or somebody set it up. Or the guy who's, who was the press conference, head of the press conference, there was a whole group of people all in suits and ties, except the one guy who, who was the, kind of the host sitting in the middle, and he lo- had that CIA guy look. Where, where was this press conference held? It was apparently in London, because they kept referring to here in London, here in London. Oh, so yeah, right. So this has nothing to do with us here in, the, in Gitmo Nation East. No, this was through this whole WikiLeaks most recent WikiLeaks leak was pretty much targeted at the British, and uh, which is kind of interesting because really? when you start looking at all the stuff online, and I was actually going to clip these, and I said, I'll oh, forget, I'm not going to start reading this crap. But the, the, somebody sent me a link to the MSNBC report on this with all the comments, and there was like 400 people chiming in after the story, and it was all this, this guy should be hung. If if I had a soldier over there, this and there's all these people... The, Carping about this is treason that this information should be revealed and on and on and it's just like you have to wonder what's wrong with the public in general uh, because they just you know it's like why don't you buddy you grab a gun and go to Afghanistan and shut up you know but that's you know a couple but, of people but this is more about uh, Iraq is it not yeah this was all about Iraq. But but he did bring it into the Afghanistan perspective, saying that what happened, as revealed by the WikiLeaks memos, it was hap- is happening with all Western powers when they invade anyone. It's kind of a an anti-imperialist. So, so what what have we actually learned from uh, this? Is like thirty nine thousand documents. It's another no, it's huge more than body 400, of four hundred thousand. Oh, four hundred thousand. Yeah. So what what have we learned? What we haven't uh, learned anything. I mean, all uh, we I'm learned everything. Is, all it is confirm what we know, which is they're a bunch of lying bastards, and the uh, governments are full of crap, and they were torturing people from the beginning, and they're still doing it now. Hold on. <laughs> Just 
just a little happy jingle to get you going. Who should get that? Okay. <laughs> so here's the, uh, let me get the, uh, bring up the. Elberg first? Uh, hold on. I have to bring up the um, the list. Um, 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 um. Because I got too many clips this week, so I have to actually look at the list because I can't remember what these are. Yeah, Ellsberg on leaking. Now, here's the this is what I consider to be. Now, the, the theme for me today, by the way, is going to be a lot of anti-Obama stuff. Not from me, but I believe that as we talked about two years ago, that there was a war that began immediately when Obama got uh, uh, signed up for the presidency <laughs> when he got recruited <laughs> he got recruited and apparently didn't do the bidding the way they're supposed to that there was a war you this was your theory initially yes and i subscribed to it a war between the cia and obama All right so what are we going to do but blast obama left and right as he's trying to get you know more of his people back in uh the democrats in the next election cycle which is not going to happen oh, the, necessarily. By, yes i will say that the uh convenience of the wikileaks uh, coming out right now just ahead of our uh, our elections is of course uh, you know should not go unnoticed and we should not go on what should really not go unnoticed is what Ellsberg has to say casually about uh, state the, the the non-existent state secrets act which we don't have in the United States they have in Britain and the fact that Obama wants to implement one yeah, is and it, this is the the D listing or whatever it is so that uh, um, if this is a state secret then it's not a D. It's a D rating or a D D memo D notice. Yeah, then the press can't report on it. Right. So yeah. let's listen to Ellsberg. If one country, our country in this case, is pursuing for prosecution, that person regards them as dangerous over three continents at this point: in Australia and Britain and America. The threat that is made made by the Pentagon, as we read over the last few days, of uh, warning newsmen to stand away from this material, to refuse to receive it, and if they do receive it, to return it. You know, this guy even sounds like a spook. Ellsberg? Yeah. Well, there's something fishy about him, that's for sure, but he uh, he is talking about the, the, the battle that's going on, the political battle within the Washington environs. Uh, the Pentagon seems to be on one side, the CIA seems to be on another, and, I, and they're clashing here. And the uh, Pentagon wants to, he makes an interesting point, the Pentagon doesn't want this reported on, this this WikiLeaks thing. And meanwhile, here we are reporting on it. And Ellsberg is uh, is is now, is will be, first he's attacking the Pentagon, now he's going to attack Obama in, this, in a very interesting and unique way. Seems absurd on his face. We're not dealing with the 7,000 pieces of paper, top secret pieces of paper that comprise the Pentagon paper. The Pentagon give me a demand the New York Times that they return that pile of paper to the, uh, to the, new, to the Pentagon. The Times refused and, uh, until, in fact, never did return it and refused to stop the presses until uh, a court order came down. But with cyber material, it's all over the world right now and in several papers right now, the, the demand seems absurd. I understand the reason for those words because they echo the words of the words first used against me the legal words of 18 U.S.C. 793 paragraphs D and E, which for the first time used uh, the so-called Espionage Act as if it were the kind of official secrets act that you have in Britain, which simply criminalizes the release of any uh, 
classified material to any unauthorized person. We- wow, the, um, <clears throat> that's uh, essentially doing away with, uh, what is that little thing called? Um, a freedom of the press. Well, also First Amendment. Yeah. He brings that up, That too, is the but- freedom of the press. The first, it says so in the First Amendment. Well, it's freedom of speech, too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the, he brings this up, uh, and apparently, uh, you know, in England, I guess you, I think the thing that's in kind of in the back of my mind when I'm listening to this is that the way we classify documents in the United States, it's like we, everything is secret. I mean, they, 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 you know, we've had these things that have been brought out over the years that are like, why is this been, why was this marked top secret when it's, you know, it's about somebody's, you know, how, how many times a day they brush their teeth. Uh, and, and so he brings up this very interesting point, back it up just a little bit so you can get the whole flair of the direction this is going and what, what, what the real target of his message is. Britain, which simply criminalizes the release of any uh, classified material to any unauthorized person. We don't have such a law. And the irony now is that President Obama, in making these clear threats, of applying this law to anybody who deals with this information, including not only the journalists, but the words apply to the people who read it and don't return it to the proper authorities, actually. Uh, President Obama's threats are not entirely without credibility here because he has started as many prosecutions for leaks as all previous presidents put together. It's a small number. It's three. The last one is Bradley Manning. Uh, it's small because we don't have an official Secrets Act. And prior to Bush and Obama, presidents took it for granted that any application of the Espionage Act was likely to be overthrown as unconstitutional in our First Amendment by the Supreme Court. But now facing a different Supreme Court, and after 9-11, uh, Obama is making a new experiment on this issue, uh, which will really change the relation of the press to sources very radically as it is any source with or without this change in the law i got to take a leak so uh, Obama is like uh, you know our great liberal president is apparently uh, promoting this idea <laughs> I haven't heard him say it per se oh that's funny he never says stuff like that <laughs> now the WikiLeaks guy which is another clip down here is just a Assange. short clip Julian yeah. Assange yeah, Assange. 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 I, who I will continue to refer to as the WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, that's Who's the boringest guy in the world, by yeah. the way. So I don't have many clips. I don't have any clips of this one because, again, uh, there's just a, this is a short uh, but concise little dig at Obama uh, regarding all this crap that's going on or was going on in Iraq and apparently is still going on there. You can play it. Portrayal uh, of what happened what happened in Iraq that has been revealed uh, by this release. So these two countries do not stand in isolation. These are both modern Western wars. And the lessons of Iraq, which are ongoing, remember this material covers significant abuses occurring during the first year of the Obama administration can be applied to Afghanistan and can be applied to other places uh, that Western governments may choose in isolation or in coalition uh, to invade. Yeah, you know, so I, I think you're right. Uh, if, 
if uh, our assertion about a war between Obama and the CIA, which really started when he put that whole middle layer of uh, Secret Service in between everybody, so the CIA no longer really reports directly to the president and you know, they put that, uh, who they put in the middle there? That's not yeah, Panetta, put, is it? Yeah, well, no, no, Panetta's no. the head of the CIA. CIA. They put that, they, well, the guy they put in, he's like, I think they're on the third guy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> because they keep, <laughs> keep uh, I think it's because they keep putting laxatives in his coffee. Like, you know? uh, dude, I don't want hey, this buddy, gig anymore. You're, in the, you're on the pot a lot there. Uh, maybe you should quit this job. It's not, it's not going over for you. So it, it would make a lot of sense. And this Julia Assange, who has actually gone from uh, kind of like a sweater-wearing vigilante, vigilante to a uh, a suit and tie wearing spokesperson for this organization uh, let me play a little bit of the cnn clip uh, i'll fast forward at a certain point to where he walks out because the reporter almost immediately starts saying so uh you know one of your guys left you know left the organization is there dissent in the ranks amongst wikileaks and this oh, is a- nobody ever quits an organization that's what he <laughs> no, listen there have been a lot of reports of internal, there have been internal disputes within WikiLeaks. Um, and by the way, very interesting the way this uh, interview was set up. The interviewer is uh, is either off mic or poorly mic'd. At a certain point, you hear like mic interference. It doesn't make a lot of sense because the video that goes along with it seems to be the broadcast cut, uh, multi-camera hotel room type setup. Several people have, volunteers have quit. Where do you get your sources from? From former staffers. From and, and did you speak to them? Yes, I did. Can you hear that? Is it uh, audible for yeah, you? Yeah, he said, did you speak to him? And she said, yes, she did. And uh, I, I think the better line would have been, oh, I got it from Wiki WikiLeaks. <laughs> I got it from uh, Mrs. Wiki. <laughs> I got it from WikiLeaks WikiLeaks. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say which ones, but... This is interesting. I'm not going to tell you which one. And then and then a minute later, she says exactly for who. People have said that they've quit. Because there's only, there's only one former staffer who was suspended, uh, who, as far as I know. Has now, how, how do you get suspended from an organization like WikiLeaks? I mean, they, they <laughs> have like, a, they have like a, an office of the CEO or something, and they all... <laughs> Like, I thought these guys were like, like you know, like distributed, have their servers in Sweden or whatever. You have been suspended. Iceland. Why? What did yeah. I do? Yeah, listen. to anyone. Well, that former staffer, Daniel Domsetberg, uh, has... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I'm who not it tell is. tell you. Daniel Domsetberg. saying that he was suspended and then quit. And he cited, among other things personality issue that your personality seems to be eclipsing uh, well, the, WikiLeaks the, and the work of WikiLeaks. Well, I wonder how the, the, you the, the, I, that. This is, I mean, this is just not a uh, very interesting issue. Um, <laughs> it is. Wait, wait, wait. does he tell like it is? He said, my personality is eclipsing. What personality? <laughs> the dish rag? I got no personality. Just take a look. <laughs> We're an organization. An organization has employees. Uh, they have employees now. Wow. An organization. An organization has employees. This is, this so is somebody, fascinating stuff. This I, brings us right back to they're funded by somebody. Who might that be? Yeah, well. Organization. An organization has employees. Uh, and when employees misbehave, they get suspended. It sounds like a multinational to me. It sounds like uh, a And front. that was the case of uh, um, Adam Schmidt. Uh, and 
some employees when they get suspended are not happy about the suspension. But this criticism that, you know, the, the story around you is eclipsing the work of WikiLeaks, does that concern you? Would you consider stepping aside? Uh, well, well, this organization does not let anyone hang out to dry. Uh, we, uh, we always expect tremendous uh, criticism. Uh, it is my role to be the lightning rod uh, to attract. Ah, he's the lightning rod. There you go. It's his role. Now, now at least we know what he's doing. He's the yeah, lightning rod. Yeah, well, he rod. is the lightning rod. He's the lightning rod. All right. But that's, you know, that's an advanced organization that has this sort of structure. Yeah. This is not like a bunch of amateurs. Uh, that's what I thought they were. I thought they were just like well, vigilantes. Apparently you were fooled. Yes. All right. In fact, you never thought that. You're the one that came up with the idea. <laughs> well, one of the two of us came up with the CIA. I'm front. being facetious, John. I'm just oh. being facetious. So uh, anyway, the whole thing is, is <coughs> sketchy. It's fishy. The, you know, it's a part of this battle going on. And uh, we just well we I don't we don't re- understand the mechanism or the you know what's really you know what you know what the real target is we could be complete we could be stooges the two of us uh, you and I dupes we could yeah. be dupes <laughs> we could be totally duped and you know we're we're missing the point here but the fact is something is amiss and these people that are taking it all so serious oh this this person should be hung for treason. It's just like you know that's the, those are the I mean all it's doing is bringing out this. Uh, this negative, the public, generally speaking, doesn't like this guy. They don't like the WikiLeaks. They don't like the fact that we're putting our troops at risk. And Obama, meanwhile, I don't think Ellsberg was actually necessarily prompted uh, by the crew up there to mention the fact that Obama's trying to create a state secret act, state secrets act, which will be approved once the they put in one more Democrat liberal, unusual type of liberal uh, justice in who would approve it. And so we'll end up with a state secrets act in this country. Why not? Nothing's been turned back. The, the Patriot Act is still in full force. Obama's done nothing for civil liberties at all. They still have little freedoms, you know, little free speech segments, segments where you get fenced in at a, at a, at a political rally where you can't even have any free speech. None of this has changed. And now it's going to worsen with, a, with, a, with an act, a state secrets act. So every, and everything's a secret, which is just turning us into a pure police state. Yeah, what's interesting, though, is as, as we're uh, discussing this topic, I, I look at the chat room and people are like, oh, this is boring, I don't care. But I think they're missing the point. I think what you just said there is the salient point, is that uh, this is probably even the whole setup is to get state secrets assigned and legal so that uh, we just can't know anything. Yeah. That would make and a if lot you of bring sense. It, and if somebody brings it out, they get thrown in the slammer for life. Let's... Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's do something crazy, John. Let's just, let's just go completely uh, out of order. All here. aboard! Trains good, planes bad. Hillen Knowlton did a real good one, and I and I just couldn't pass it by because it is so awesome. Um, of course, the High Speed Rail Association has hired uh, one of the largest and top public relations firms in the world. Uh, called Hill and Knowlton, to promote the agenda of high-speed rail in the United States. And the best way to do that is to discredit air travel. And um, Reader's Digest has uh, a cover story, mind you, a cover story called 50 Secrets Your Pilot Won't Tell You. (laughs) 
and uh, it's already good. <laughs> and the uh, I, I would like to play a little bit of the clip from uh, this must be the most news in the morning, everybody. Of course, uh, it, more and more I'm hearing the Ministry of Truth uh, is brought to you by the most news in the morning on CNN in the morning. And the uh, editor in chief, who is uh, clearly from Berkeley. She uh, uh, she is promoting this story, and everything they talk about is complete freaking nonsense, non sequitur, unimportant, yet flying is horrible. The most news in the morning, CNN's American Morning, weekday, 6 a.m. Eastern. You ever wonder how an airline's on-time performance can be so high, even though it seems that your flight is always leaving the gate late and then sitting out there for a half an hour waiting? Uh, by the way, listen to all the memes in here. To take off? Could they? Could they possibly be fudging the numbers? And why do they always tell us to turn off our cell phones and our laptops? Can they really interfere with the pilot's instruments? Well, the cat's out of the bag in the upcoming issue of Reader's Digest, which details the 50 secrets that your pilot won't tell you. Some of them, though, he'd like you to know. He or she, that is. Joining Joining us now to divulge some of those secrets, gathered from 17 national and regional pilots from across the country, Peggy Northrup. She's the editor-in-chief at Reader's Digest. Great to see you this morning. Thank you for having me. So we've broken this down into some categories. Uh, First uh, category is secrets that pilots actually would like you to know. Now, this, I take it, is uh, pilots at major airlines would like you to know that you're not always flying on a major airline. That's exactly right. And what they really want... So the lead of this is that you often are flying on a regional airline. Like, like no one knew that. Like, this is a oh, big, no. amazing secret. But, but, but what she turns it into is quite fascinating. You know, it's, it's not the size of the planes, because often you pull up to your plane, you've booked online, you think, oh, I'm flying on some major American airline, and it's a little plane with 50 seats, and you think, well, it's, is this really the airline? It's actually a regional uh, affiliate. What an astounding secret you have revealed here to me. Holy crap, this is unbelievable. Let me get my pen. And those pilots do not have to follow the same training and safety rules. And they're oh, there you go. So those pilots don't have to follow the same training and safety rules. They're idiots, in other words. Yeah, and, and they only make $30,000 a year. So, you know, your safety is at risk. I, and, and I can't even play this entire clip, but what I did do is I went to rd.com, Reader's Digest, and, uh, and I'm looking at this, and you have stuff like uh, we miss the peanuts too," says U.S. Airways pilot from South Carolina. I mean, it's all the, it's all these crazy things. I'm like, why is this? And this and this is a five minute interview of how um, uh, when they tell the the uh, they actually say stewardesses instead of flight attendants. When they tell the flight attendants to sit down, that's when you should be worried. Not when they say buckle your seatbelt. When the flight attendants have to sit down, that's when you should be worried. And um, they always ask him to sit down when you're landing. Yeah. Should you be worried? Yeah, and oh, yeah, we're going to land. And uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, like, uh, you know, they, they, they minimize the amount of fuel they take on board. Yeah, duh. You know, all, all of these really simple things. And I'm like, this is such a total freaking hit piece. And this woman looks like she was educated at, uh, at Berkeley to be uh, a, a part of some form of ministry of truth. But then I, I look at uh, the author of this article. Michelle Crouch. So uh, first, I go to michellecrouch.com to go take a look at her uh, at her website. Uh, by the way, she works for the New York Times as well. That's always a always a yep. little little uh, tip off there. And um, she has also written such gems as thirteen things your florist won't tell you. <laughs> 
50 secrets your waiter won't tell you. Yeah, she's got a theme going. She's got a t- this is the the 50 secrets woman. Crime alert, 13 things a burglar won't tell you. I'm like, oh my goodness. But then I do a little more research and uh, she was uh, apparently born up in the Virginia area. And I, Ooh, I, I yeah, yeah, I can't Spook central. I can't quite tie her in, but I think she is the daughter of Jack Crouch. Uh, who at one point was the former assistant secretary of defense, uh, deputy national security advisor, <laughs> assistant to the president. You know, I, I think she is the daughter. It's, it's kind of hard to find. Uh, you don't know. I, I don't know for sure, but, you know, being, uh, having been schooled in Virginia, et cetera. And, and you like, don't think that looking at Wikipedia where it says he has two daughters, uh, Kathy Crouch and Michelle Crouch might be a little indicator there. Well, that's where I got it from, and I thought that would probably be it. Uh, yeah, but it's probably just a coincidence. Yeah, it's just a... Uh, yeah, Virginia uh, with the, you know, the spook central state, not. the whole rest of it. It's a coincidence. It's so blatant, though. It's like, oh, my God, you know, cell phones, you know, they're bad. Hey, we can keep our laptops on and our cell phones when we're on the train. It's going to be so awesome. Much better, yes, on the train. Uh, it takes forever, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a good one. Speaking of spies, um, that Russian uh, spy, this is actually... Oh, the hot one. Yeah, she's in the... uh, And I presume this is not Photoshopped. She's uh, on the cover and with a pictorial inside of the Russian Maxim magazine. Ah, that's your reference at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she's hot, man. She's awesome. It's like, how does that work? I mean, what? Why, why didn't we just leave her here? Yeah, I mean, why did they roust her? Hey, Maxim is our magazine. I mean, they they take our spies and our magazine and combine them, and we get shit. I only get the cover; I can't see the inside. I mean, so this woman was exposed as a spy and she- exposed in Maxim. Hey, <laughs> oh, everybody! In the morning, she goes back to Russia. She works for the bank. She gets a a, a huge layout in Maxim. Uh, but the, remember the news reporting spies we've got spies spies everywhere <laughs> you know we still never got to the bottom of that story which we never will well either. if you open the maxim you will <laughs> Whoa. in the morning we're on a roll I'll give myself one there so um okay <laughs> now i got one i don't did you watch Juan williams when he did the o'reilly show yeah we i i actually had the clip for you last week or no, no. He appeared again. No, and this time he had the show. He was the host. Oh, he's uh, this is his new employer because he just signed a $2 million contract with Fox. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What a Gee, how does, that, how does that work, huh? Yeah, the whole thing was a scam. But he got to rip NPR, a, a new one, because he did the Talking Points memo. <laughs> and, and I presume this is it on the videotape. It's a beauty. In the Impact segment tonight, my thoughts on the NPR situation. Political correctness, character assassination, and intolerance at National Public Radio. That's the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. As many of you know, after 10 years of being a loyal employee, NPR fired me for expressing the fear I now feel after 9-11 when I see people in Muslim garb getting on an airplane. This controversy is now front and center in the national discussion. I'm the most important thing in the world. It's the most important most thing important in the world. Thing front in the world. and center. Front and center. I am everything. 
inspiring fallout. Juan Williams says he was just telling the truth about his fear of flying with Muslims, a confession that got him fired from NPR. Good morning. Making waves. National Public Radio under fire for canning news analyst Juan Williams. He says he was fired for telling the truth. Did NPR overreact this morning? We'll hear from both sides. Static on the airwaves. National Public Radio comes under heavy criticism after it fires news analyst Juan. There's nothing media loves more than talking about themselves. You know, oh, what they I mean? love it. And here's the, here's the that's beautiful thing. At, dude, the whole thing now starts to look more and more like us. Even though I don't think it was he expected it to happen now, but but Williams has been pushing this. I have a theory, he, by the way. Okay, you can give us that theory. But the one thing is that they definitely went after this CEO woman, the one that we keep citing, and I hope they don't fire her. That's Schiller, right? Vivian Schiller. 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 Uh, and she, hey, she's the one. Is that the that, woman from uh, from the clip that we use? Yes, the one, the clip we use, that's her, who says advertising, whatever you call it. That's the woman, and they're after her, apparently. And, uh, I, you know, it's possible we had a little bit to do with that. I'm not absolutely sure. I doubt it. But uh, we do hound her with this stupid clip that she, you know, this comment she made. But, well, but she seems to be a dick. But wh- <laughs> she ain't going to be on the cover of Russian Maxim, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but, uh, but, but what's interesting here is that the, the discussion is about how there's government funding for NPR through the national... Was it the Public Broadcast Corporation, I yeah, think? Right, how, how much money do they actually get from the Public Broadcast Apparently, Corporation? Apparently, uh, the NPR folks get about three or four million. They don't get that much. That's it on an annual basis? It's something like less than 5% or it's around 5 to 8% of oh, their total they, budget. They, they make more money than that. Are yeah, they get me? most of it from underwriting, uh, advertising, whatever you want to call it. Should we just call it, play that clip for one second? Yeah, sure. This is the uh, Miss Schiller sure. being asked. Uh, you'll hear the question um, about their financial resources. Okay, move it on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in the recession? And what about foundation grants? Um, two different stories. Um, underwriting is uh, corp- uh, underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is this is the this is the area that is most down for us is is in is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising, whatever call it whatever you want. You want. Call it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to call it, so whatever you want to call it. So now, before we get back to Williams, though, um, I, I think that this is a setup. I think we when I was perusing through all the articles, I felt duped. <laughs> I did. I felt duped by. I think I felt duped by Juan Williams and this whole thing. Do you want me to play more of one before? Yeah, I get into no, you it? have to play it because you can see where this is headed. Now you could feel duped because I think that whole. Th- I also am of the opinion that something that, you know that for one thing when it happened, they you know O'Reilly spent an entire week on it. All the Fox stores shows had it. It's but the front and center of the news, John. And he it, right, it's front and center, and it did turn out to be played by all the other media outlets because they you know they Fox is calling a lot of shots nowadays. Is it pledge they, week yet? Is it uh, are they? Is it pledge week? Get on I don't the know, NPR? but I think the pledges will be down. You know, we've said this before. People should be donating money to shows like this. This, yeah, exactly. this show, org slash NA, rather than the NPR. But let's play the rest of this so you can listen, because he starts to rip our new one. This is, gets pretty good, actually. Williams for comments he made about Muslims on airplanes. My comments about my feelings supposedly crossed this line, some line, somewhere. That crossed the line? 
But let me tell you what you can say on national public radio without losing your job. Nina Totenberg wished that Senator Jesse Helms and his grandchildren would get AIDS. I said would get AIDS. She's still working there. A so-called humorist on NPR said the world would be a better place if four million Christians evaporated. Hilarious. And calling millions of members of the Tea Party movement a sexual pejorative, teabaggers, won't get you in hot water either. So it seems some opinions are more equal than others at NPR. Laura Ingram pointed out last night on this show that any minority, but especially a black person, is not allowed to be anything but a liberal. If they stray off the farm, they are demonized. Their skills are trashed. I used to think the left wing was the home of tolerance, open-mindedness, respect for all viewpoints. But now I've learned the truth the hard way. You see, NPR didn't just fire me. Its CEO, Vivian Schiller, also leveled a vicious smear against me yesterday. Juan feels the way he feels. That is not for me to to pass judgment on. That is really his feelings that he expressed on Fox News are really between him and his, you know, psychiatrist or his publicist or or take your pick. What's the difference? Um, But it is not compatible. She talks to say she does the same thing, whatever you want to call it. Take your pick. This, This apparently is how she speaks. Yeah, she 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 can't she can't seem to uh, make up uh, her mind. She can't figure anything out. <laughs> yeah. News analyst on and with, with the role of a news analyst on NPR's air. Have you no shame, madam? You and your far left mob fired me. Wasn't that enough for you? Do you have to try to assassinate my character too? For the record, Miss Schiller issued a so-called apology to the press. Not a word to me. And that probably tells you everything you need to know about her. And that's the memo. Now for reaction, joining us from Washington, okay, Democrat. So, so wait, wait, there's one more thing in here that they snuck in, and I know that there's no doubt in my mind they did a lot. They could have dug up all kinds of different quotes from all kinds of different people, but the Nina Totenberg thing is the most interesting because I believe that the right has been after her. Who's that? Who's Nina Totenberg? Nina Totenberg is this kind of pinched faced the commentator she shows up on network news all the time she's most famous is she hot i anything but okay that's why i don't know her (laughs) that's why i haven't paid attention that that would make sense uh nina totenberg was largely the one of the major reporters behind the uh the smear attack against clarence thomas back in the day ah which we have news on long dong silver is that a pubic hair on my coke yeah. You know, with this black woman whose name I forgot, uh, who was Anita saying Hill. that he, yeah, Anita Hill, who was apparently, you know, uh, incensed at his insensitivity. Uh, and I, you know, I actually believe half of those stories well, do, are probably do, do you know, true. Cause, do, do you know the Washington Post just published an interview with Lillian McEwen, who was um, uh, Clarence Thomas's assistant? And at the time, she basically shut... Actually, Joe Biden, who led the investigation, the, the congressional hearings, or um, uh, he had her testify only on record and not before the camera, so it got, like, no attention. But now that she's retired, she's come out and she says, oh, dude, the guy was always talking about porn. He was always trying to get laid. <laughs> I it's, believed it's, it. Yeah, he looked like that type. Of course. And it, but she's actually saying it now. It's like, but you know what? Juan Williams is front and center of the news. Let's not pay any attention to a Supreme Court justice. 
So, yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, so Totenberg is the one who has had a lot to do with this. And I think she did some other th- couple other things, too, that were uh, uh, that got a lot of attention for her. And then she went from being just a kind of a simple-minded reporter. She doesn't seem that bright to me, to be honest about it, uh, to this, you know, major commentator. So she says stupid things like, I wish she had AIDS. I mean, this is something like an old lady would say. And meanwhile, they, they, don't, they give her a pass on it because she has all these creds from the past. So they're yeah, not going to fire awesome. her. Yeah, she's awesome. All right. So do I play something else here? Or are we done with the... No, that was it. I'm just I, saying... I want to get to my theory. Oh, yes. It's a, I want to hear it. Oh, it's very simple. This is why I felt duped. All of a sudden, like, oh, total setup. First of all, I don't even know if Juan Williams was on staff. Yeah, he's a commentator. So I think that, you know, the whole firing thing may have been a little bit... Uh, exaggerated. Exaggerated, yes. Yeah, I don't think he was, you know, he had like a, a 401k plan with NPR. I think he was, you know, he sent an invoice whenever he showed up. and He, just, he was probably a contractor contract. like a lot of freelance writers. Precisely. I believe that where this is all headed is toward, and the bill has already been written, it's already in committee, uh, is towards more government funding of NPR. And this is, you watch, this is going to be spun into we need, you know, true independent reporting. You know, we clearly have to do this so you're, a different so way. Again, so, so everybody else is thinking this is to, to kill the funding to NPR. No, I think it's to actually get the funding. Well, that's a good theory. I like. That. I mean, I can see something t- twisting backwards like that, with, with Obama coming out and saying something. Well, you know, this is, has to be this way or that way, and maybe it's important that we had a little because these people are. You know, we can't have this politicized. In other words, every time something like this happens, we can't have people pulling their money. We should have a a permanent fund so they always have money. Yep, you watch. You watch it happen. This is about actual permanent funding. That goes down on the prediction sheet. Yes. And and in in the meantime, though, it's still, it's just, it baffles me how much commercial advertising is on NPR. I mean, I, oh, it totally that, baffles me. They have me. codes. They have carbonite. <laughs> it's like a two-bit they, operation. They get a piece of the action. They, they, they get, it's called PI, per inquiry. They get a piece of the action for every carbonite user that signs up with their code. Yeah. So someone's sitting there accounting for that. And meanwhile, this really pissed me off. This, this, you know, because here we are, and we're, we're we're always basically struggling to make ends meet on a, on a on a show that takes no money from anyone except for the people who support us, and we do it in, in an official way. They're called producers, executive producers, associates, just the way Hollywood does it. Nothing strange about that. But we're struggling. Then all of a sudden, you get this codeforamerica.org. and this thing's really pissing me off. Codeforamerica.org is essentially shilling for the brilliant minds and and whoa, I can't can hardly believe that any of our coders and sysadmins and uh, and engineers who listen to no agenda would ever work for this outfit but they want you to uh, write code for smartphones so we can have a better government government 2.0 and who's shilling O'Reilly Zuckerberg uh, yeah, when does Zuckerberg ever show up on anything? Biz Stone. Let me play the commercial, uh, the, yeah. the, and, and then I want to talk about this organization and who's financing them. Here's O'Reilly first, I think. Nice music. Across America, cities are in crisis. Every year, city governments 
have to try to do more and more for their citizens with less and less money. What if we made it easier for everyone to lend a hand? There's Zuckerberg. What if he could help you? And by the way, it says founder and CEO Facebook. I thought he was always going to have founder and CEO bitch. How come he didn't put that on this, huh? Our city work better just by using your smartphone. What if everyone had the same access to information as City Hall? What if City Hall spoke with citizens the way citizens speak with each other? What if some of the most talented designers and technologists in the country apply those talents to building web apps that work for cities and citizens? Code for America is looking for people who are ready to find out. We want to see how the talent of the tech industry makes cities work better, and we need your help. As a Code for America fellow, you'll spend 11 months building technology that makes government more open. So now here's the pitch, right? So uh, this is basically a job. So you're going to spend 11 months. Now listen to O'Reilly, publisher of uh, many fine books with weird animals on the cover. O'Reilly's the, the publisher, the pre- for people outside the country, he's the Tim O'Reilly we're talking about. Yeah, Tim O'Reilly, and uh, if, if you want to know how Sendmail works, then you buy one of his who, books. Who, who's, by the way, is a huge fan of Vivek Kundra. Of course, and, and of the course. Other well, Anish is also in here. So, uh, you, by the way, do you know why the bat is on the cover of the Sendmail uh, book? No. Because it sucks. Here we go. More efficient and more responsive. And you'll do that by working with civic and industry leaders to build applications that can be spread to cities across the country. It's your chance to do good now while doing what you're really good at. Every new movement needs heroes. You'll be a hero! You'll be a hero! First Code for America fellows are going to be in the spotlight. You're going to be in the spotlight! All right. So I go to codeforamerica.org. And uh, who we are, first of all, this woman who, by the way, is kind of hot, Jennifer Palka. And, and this is uh, right on their website. This is, this is what makes me just wretch. Jennifer Palka, founder, executive director, and board chair, has spent the past 15 years in the company of the technology elite. Hmm. I guess that counts me out. Yeah, the technology okay. elite. Of course, uh, she uh, ran web. 2.0 and Gov 2.0 in conjunction oh, she works with for O'Reilly. She works for O'Reilly, absolutely. And then we've got uh, some PR shills in here. On the board is Tim O'Reilly, Leonard Lin. You know he's he's one of the technology elite. John, surely you know him. Leonard never Lin. heard of him. Uh, co-founded uh, Upcoming.org, acquired by Yahoo. Uh, worked yeah. on web technology and social software for the Obama campaign. That makes sense. Monica Harrington, business communication strategist. Okay, PR shill. Andrew Greenhill, mayor's chief of staff. Ugh. So then you go look at funding. Oh, here's where I, here's where I get crazy. Donors actually is the subtopic. The Rockefeller Foundation. There you go. Right off the bat. Beautiful. The Knight Foundation. The hell is the Knight Foundation? I think that has something to do with Knight Ritter, the newspaper guys. So they've they've got nothing but elitist bastards in here, and they're a nonprofit, Blue State Digital in kind. You know who Blue State Digital is, don't you? No. Yeah, they're the guys that run all the Obama websites. Oh, oh, those guys. Yeah, right? those they're guys. Out of Chicago, I think, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, and you know, and the the leader of that gang is now uh, running the WhiteHouse.gov site. It's like complete shillism. 
Yeah, this is a scam, uh, an Obama scam. But I look at it. Knight Foundation, 250000 Omi Network, whatever that is, 250000 Rockefeller Foundation, 200000 ESRI. And by the way, none of these are linked. You can't find out any, anything more about it. It's like they've got, they got a million bucks here just to start up. Just to start up. And they got like uh, 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 they got Biz Stone from Twitter, and they've got uh, Zuckerberg from Facebook. Stinks. The whole thing stinks. And what? It's are a we, high heaven. Yes. And what are we going to do? Please send us five dollars. Well, you know, we don't. We're not of this ilk. We're not a part of the technology elite. That's the problem. That's where we screwed up. Well, maybe. So, uh, since you mentioned it, we should mention some of our donors this week. Yeah. The yeah. Rockefeller Foundation. Thank you very much. You are now a two. Well, you know, if we stooged for these people, we'd probably get all <laughs> kinds of money. We could make millions if we just, you know, dropped a few, uh, you know, bombs here and there, and also uh, did some product placement. All it would take but, is a change of the jingle. It would only have to be planes bad. Trains good. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah, we should go. If we went in that direction, we'd have a check in the mail, but we're not going to do it. I'd rather starve. So uh, Yeah, me too. But, but, but can I just say one thing? Starving does kind of blow. Well, it does. But, we, you know, we'll, we'll, if we grow the audience, we can, you know, we can, we can scale and we'll do fine. Okay. So uh, let's go with Anastasia Perov from... Mississauga, Ontario, $150. Um, some mention of John Stewart. I'm not absolutely sure what that has to do with anything. Stephen Ye- Years in Fresno, $133.33. Uh, Arthur Kessler, Calgary, Alberta, $100. Michael Reardon, uh, I'm sorry, Mike from San Diego, not Michael Reardon. <laughs> whatever you say, he's $70. not Michael Reardon. <laughs> Call me Mike from San Diego in the show. Love the show. Just donated $70. Please credit my brother-in-law, Jerry Small, from Chesterfield, Missouri, with $20 of it. Jerry and I had a $20 wager going for the Yankees-Rangers series. My Yanks lost, so I suggested sending the money to No Agenda. I think this would be a great trend to get going on the show. I agree. Maybe some of the sports karma for the winner. For the other $50, I definitely need a de-douching. Well, you act like I'm ready for that. You've been de-douched. But you just push the button. Just boom. Just, that's just all, like all it Jim takes. Kramer. That's all it takes. But I don't it have. Is, I, I need those big red buttons. <laughs> big red <laughs> buttons that that will stop the assembly line. That's what those are for. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he introduced this show to Gary a few months back, and he's already donated a few times each week. Now I've been listening to the with the thread of a douchebag call out hanging over my head. Uh, my wife's now uh, loving the show. It's good as well, and she's uh, threatening to call him out, but it's too late. Frank uh, Asenstadt from Armin, Armadale, Victoria, Australia, $64. Daniel Hutner uh, in Murphy's, California, very interesting gold mining area. Uh, he says... Uh, in the morning, John and Adam, looking forward to the November 2nd elections in California. I'm proud to say that I will not be voting for any Duchocrat or Duchpublican. <laughs> be an independent or be a slave. Thanks for the farm rant. That's he, right. <laughs> uh, he's double nickels on the dime from him. Kalen, oh, this was a beauty. Uh, uh, Bonkoglu. Kahan Bonkoglu. Bonkoglu. 
Bonkoglu, maybe. I think. Bonkoglu. Bonkoglu. B-O-N-C-O-G-L-U. Very interesting name. Double nickels on the dime. Hey, uh, John Adam K. Hand from Toronto. I'm going through a medical issue, so please accept my donation. But please give me good karma and a de-douching. All right, we can double shot then. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. A double shot. Double shot. Double wow. shot. That's really And then John Lake and Arthur Kessler are still in the knighthood ramp. And so that's it for this week. Uh, not, we want to thank not, everybody, not, especially the people who go on the $33.33 or $30 or $42 subscription. Or the $5. And $5, $5 subscribers. $5. Yeah. Not a great week, though. No. No. Not a great not week. Great. Hey, we're but, no uh, America. We're no, we're no code for America.org. That's for no, sure. No, we're never going to be. It's just because we're too honest. We, we haven't sold so. out. <sighs> well, we do highly appreciate... Uh, Every single penny that comes in, or every Krugerrand, as it were. And uh, right now, I think it's uh, very important that we uh, draw our swords. John, if you can just... uh, Here. Yeah, yours, okay. And uh, I would uh, like Ron Lang to step forward. Ron? Neil! Well, you came in right off the bat and just went and blew us away and... At least uh, brought our quota up to something mentionable this week, which we appreciate. And of course, it now begets you the title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, Sir Ron Lang. Come on over, enjoy hookers and blow, or Cabernet and Rent Boys, whatever your preference. It's all good. Congratulations. Yes. You know, we yeah. also we also got that uh, note from uh, a human resource from India. Did you read that? No. Yeah, he says, uh, I speak for my fellow... I could do the voice, but I'm not going to. I speak for my fellow countrymen and brothers in Pakistan that we are not cheap. Uh, The IMF has made our currency cheap to benefit your traders and investors. Our donations will be worthless by the time it reaches you. (laughs) (laughs) I love the excuse. (laughs) There's always a rationalization for being cheap. The other Indian who said he will be killed if he donates was no doubt exaggerating. His folks would yell at him. It would look very stupid for an average Joe in a developing country donating to an internet show in a developed country. I do feel your show has a lot for Indians as well, so I have an alternative. Outsource! (laughs) (laughs) Outsource your hosting requirements, then ask Indians to pay for those outsourced services. We will then have no guilt associated with donating to the show. And what, uh, what was actually quite funny... That is good. He said, uh, you know, but your government is already assassinating uh, you over here. Um, and he, ha- he sent a link to a screenshot of Zubahash.com. I can't pronounce it. It's V-S-U-B-H-A-S-H.com. Uh, and it, it's a page that has some information. In fact, it says here in bold letters about No Agenda Show and plastered over it in a JavaScript ad, Google ad, you got to see this for america.gov conspiracy theories misinformation and conspiracy caused by fear and ignoring the reality go to america.gov what and, yeah oh yeah oh yeah this is so there's they put this up to us make us associate with the conspiracy with... theories yeah oh mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. but if well, you... he's right yeah it sounds like a slam but have you ever gone to america.gov 
I didn't know about America.gov. Yeah, America.gov is uh, apparently our ministry of truth. Engaging the world. America.gov. There it is. U.S.-Pakistan strategic dialogue. I'm going to kick your ass. What that means. Sudan referendum. This is, we don't have, all we have to do each show, John, is just read this website. And we'll know exactly what's going to happen. (laughs) That's show prep right there. World will pay higher price if it does not help Somalia now. United States to boost production of biofuels. It's just wow. It's Hillary Clinton. It's just amazing. So, so what is this all about? When did this show up? Why why is it here? What's it prove? What's the point? Yeah, it's uh, it's to cover up no agenda and the real truth. That's what it's being used for with big Google ads. That's interesting. So don't don't look over Google. Don't look over. Don't look over at no agenda. Whatever you do, please, please, please look over at America.gov. That's where the real truth is. Well, we'll consider that a donation from the Pakistanis, a piece of information we otherwise would not have. So also want to send condolences to Ciron over the recent uh, loss. Okay. So, um, well, no, I, I have a few things I need to mention, this being the second part of the show. Oh. Then you're going to talk about flying saucer? <laughs> well, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, well, good. That'll fit right in with my uh, lengthy discussion of uh, the meme fest, now known as Law & Order Los Angeles. So we've had um, just sighting after sighting after sighting of more... For the movie. More or less the same pattern Bull of... Crap. of more or less the same pattern of lights, and the most recent sighting was above Washington, D.C., where uh, three lights in formation once again were hovering above the city. And, uh, and there's a couple of things I can tell you. One, th- I don't care if it's a balloon. You are not flying anything lit in the sky over Washington, D.C. for half an hour without that shit being taken down. You would have to agree with me on that, John. It just oh, doesn't. Absolutely. It does not happen. No, it doesn't happen. They, some guy gets near in a private plane and they'll, you know, they, yeah, they, 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 scramble. they scramble. Right. So, uh, but of course, multiple high definition video, everyone's seeing these things. And I do want to, uh, to mention that uh, Stanley Fulham, this is the retired NORAD officer whose book came out and predicted this October 13th unveiling of the fleet of US UFOs. I just want to uh, read verbatim what he says. He says, A fleet of UFOs would hover over Earth's major cities, and this event is the first interaction that leads to mankind's acceptance of aliens. Okay? So, I think that is actually happening. Every forum you read, even people who are skeptics of what I have to say, are saying, well, wow, okay, this is actually quite good. And the fact that the government apparently is doing nothing other than uh, lying about uh, nighttime uh, uh, air uh, show dr- practice, <laughs> which is the best one I've ever heard. And we like close flybys in the dark. It's, it's, it's really the way we train best. However, um, I have to say, I believe it is all fake. Am I stunning you yet? No, I'm actually amused by the fact that you are becoming a realist on this. Well, I, re- I looked up Project Bluebeam again. 
and uh, and I I put a link in the show notes, which I really want people to read because uh, this is something that has been written about for over a decade. And the whole idea of Project Blue Blue, Blue Beam was really a um, a psyops operation is to uh, make people think that this is taking place. And when you read through the reported uh, documents about Project Bluebeam, the first step, and this, this of course is run by NASA, concerns the breakdown of all archaeological knowledge. Uh, it deals, and I love this, deals with the setup with artificially created earthquakes at certain precise locations on the planet. <laughs> New discoveries like, uh, gee, didn't we just discover water on the moon? I love that one. Eh, there's water on the moon now. If you believe if you believe the Earth was flat, if you believe global warming is real, well, then you probably knew that there was no water on the moon. But there is. And the next step, the second step, which I think might be taking place right now, uh, according to the documentation, involves a gigantic space show with three-dimensional optical holograms and sounds, laser projection of multiple holographic images to different parts of the world, each receiving a different image according to a predominating regional national religious faith. Of course, this is where the new gods come into play. But the way this apparently is being done is uh, beaming down um, uh, laser um, lights from satellites and create... And and that, I actually... That sounds pretty feasible to me. That you could beam this down, it hits the cloud layer or whatever, or the ionosphere or whatever it has to be, and then it kind of looks like something crazy, and then you could actually make this, these things hover and move really quickly. And then from there, of course, you're going to start hearing voices, and you know that would be the next step. So, what are you reading from? Uh, Project Blue Bling, Blue Beam. Now, where Blue Bling? Blue Beam. This is from uh, this is a document from 1994 when this was written up, and it's it's an unconfirmed uh, uh, secret project. The only, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because step one and step two pretty much have happened. We've had all these crazy earthquakes, which have been man-made. Uh, we have the light showing up simultaneously, which, uh, forget balloons. If you said to me, yeah, that could be a laser projected from a satellite, and therefore it looks like spaceships. Like, yeah, that sounds a lot more believable than balloons, holographic images being, uh, being beamed down. So if Project Blue Beam is in fact real, the next step will be that people will start to hear voices in their head. Mm. And that will be, uh, you know, that's essentially using uh, all kinds of ELF, VLF, and LF waves uh, to project thoughts onto people's, into people's heads. So what we need mm-hmm. is a uh, hat Yes, uh, of let me think, aluminium foil. <laughs> well, I, you, you don't have to. You can get a Faraday cage material. Well, this is where this is where the whole tin foil thing comes from. Is from this original um, Project Blue Beam document that people are saying, "Oh my God, they're going to beam shit from outer space from satellites," and I don't want the, I don't want my you know my that one don't want them putting thoughts into my head. But I will have to say. It, I will get off the whole UFO trip, although I'd love for it to be true. I would love nothing less, and I welcome you. Abduct me. I'm ready for my anal probe. I am much... Uh, you, qu- you've been saying that as you walk the streets of L.A. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Um, 
but it sounds a lot more feasible to think that this is actually one big psyops program to get people on board submissive listen to the new god the aliens are coming and, you know let's see what happens let's see if we start getting reports of people who are hearing uh, voices and uh, perhaps voices of god the channeling phenomena as it's called yeah no no no, no. Don't, don't don't whistle at me there's also a movie coming out called skyline which is about this stuff no I, no I, not I, really i think but i think it's a part of it i don't think it's only for promotion of the movie clearly think just let's just connect the dots for one second john who comes out with this amazing news an ex-military guy okay do you think he could be compromised okay so it's an ex-norad officer who says he's ex you know retired doesn't mean ex then we have the movie coming out um which uh, uh, millions of dollars were spent in flying Chinooks around and all kinds of helicopters above L.A. We've seen them. We have our own video. We know that that, that footage is actually in the film. So, the, so it seems like it's more like a collaboration. Like it's, it's part of the setup. And then, you know. That would be a conspiracy. Yeah, well, yeah, it is a conspiracy. And it's a theory at that. But I think it's a pretty good one. Well, where's it? Okay, so so what is the uh, what is the point of it? To mind control people, but they've already got the the public is already cowed. They they put up with anything. I mean, there's no. What's the point? We're beyond. We're already beyond mind control. We're already beyond. We're already the nation of wage and other forms of slaves. Uh, what what more do they want? So that's like are they now is it just to mock us? But yeah, but that's like saying you're Steve Jobs and you're just going to quit. You've got the number one uh, mobile device. Oh, just quit. Oh, you know, oh, uh, I'm Bill and Melinda Gates. I'm uh, richest in the world. I'm Warren Buffett. I'm just going to quit. No, these people don't know how to quit. They got to do more. Hey, watch this. <laughs> now I'm really going to fuck with them. That's why. It's just to do. Actually, that's, that's a, a, crazy, but, but logical. Yeah, you're right. Why would you stop? Why stop? Why stop and there? Besides it's that, too the salt much fun. thing didn't work out, apparently. Yeah, the salt thing blows. Hey, and this damn global warming thing keeps blowing up in our face. Oh, my goodness. Have you heard about the new global warming? No. Oh, no, yes. Oh, yes. The new global warming. You have to go to... Uh, first, we had the IPPC. Now, we have the IPBES. Or just emphasizing BS? <laughs> BES. Oh. International Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services. This is oh, it, God. baby. This is the new one. <laughs> That's this a beauty. It. It's, so, the new, so global warming and climate change are out. It hasn't worked. Uh, the, the scientists screwed up. Now it's going to be biodiversity. This is the new one biodiversity because we're apparently using up all of our earth's resources we have to have biodiversity therefore we have to have biodiversity credits it's the same thing it's the exact same biodiversity credits oh yeah oh yeah where did you get this now i give you this this is the winner for the week then give me that give me the name of it what's the what's the website go ipbes ipbes and what they're talking about is You'll have to use less wood in your country so we can use more wood in our country, even though wood grows if you don't chop it down. 
This is exactly the same thing. It's about uh, about evening out the use of the Earth's resources globally, and it's called. And the the key word is biodiversity. So they've. This is the. It's been in this third year, the third and final final intergovernmental and final. It says intergovernmental and multi stakeholder meeting on IPBES was held at the Busan Exhibition Conference Center in Korea. In June of this year, after five days of negotiations, what's negotiations? Well, they're negotiating about how they're going to uh, they even ab- this all adopted up. the Busan outcome document, which mm-hmm. sets the path for establishing an IB, IPBES, bad, bad acronym, by the way, yeah. CARE Chan Wu, <laughs> in his closing remarks, emphasizes the historic nature of the moment for Busan, Republic of Korea, and the international work of biodiversity, having, hailing the participants as heroes of the moment. Yes. He gaveled the meeting to a close at 10.51 on 11 June 2010. There's something about these numbers that 10.51. Well, well, let, let me, let me uh, read a little bit from, uh, from the documentation. Uh, Uh, Delegates from nearly 200 countries are being asked to agree to the new 2020 targets. Here we go, targets. After governments largely failed to meet a 2010 target, which, John, you and I knew nothing about, of achieving a significant reduction in biological diversity losses. A goal set at the last biodiversity conference in 2002. See, this one was just kind of like slumbering down there waiting to pop up. No, they keep these things in the the background until they're needed. That's right. Uh, and one of the same issues that led to failure the first time around could jeopardize this meeting, and that would be money. Developing nations say more funding is needed from developed countries to share the effort in saving nature. They Much- keep trying to steal our money. <laughs> yeah. Much of the world's <laughs> remaining biological diversity is in developing nations such as Brazil, Indonesia, and in Central Africa. So it's actually the other way around. We're going to steal their fucking shit. That's how it works. So we're going to take... Our money, John, our money is going to go there, and we're going to take their shit. We're going to take the biological diversity from Brazil, Indonesia, and Africa. In other words, their natural resources, and take it away from them, and, and, they're, and they're going to take our money. Do you see how everyone loses? Except yeah, the guys, well, well, the taxpayers, for sure. Except the guys running Somehow the show. Somehow we get screwed. It's, uh... Here, history was made, June 11, 2010. In the South Korean... Port city of Busan when governments gave the green light to an intergovernmental science policy platform on biodiversity and ecosystem services. The independent platform will in many ways mirror the intergovernmental panel on climate change, which has assisted in catalyzing worldwide understanding and governmental action on global warming. The new body will bridge the gulf between the wealth of scientific knowledge documenting accelerating declines and degradation of the natural world and the decisive government action required to reverse these damaging trends. This is so much bigger than climate change. Oh, this, this is a good one, yeah. Because this can be anything. Oh, you pooped. You're ruining everything. Tax you on that. <laughs> In various roles, its various roles will carry, including, uh, uh, will include carrying out High-quality peer reviews of wealth of science on biodiversity. Oh, where have we heard that before? Peer reviews. Yeah, that worked out really well with climate change. Along with ecosystem services emerging from research institutes across the globe, that's where all your money goes, in order to provide gold standard reports to governments. Gold standard reports. Not just a regular report. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh -uh. 
The science is in. Science. Biodiversity. That's the new thing. That is the new oh. black. Biodiversity. So I'm getting a bunch of memos. I'm looking at a memo from Australia right now where they're already working on a credits system cap and trade for biodiversity, really? I guess. Oh, goodness. I'll send you this link. That's will be in the, show put that in the show notes. I told you I also, that they got credit credit system. Wait a minute. Who's running it? It can't be Al Gore. <laughs> well, Gore's been he already cast screwed, aside. He already screwed Gore, up the first one. Gore, your thing didn't work. You're done. Yeah, you're right. Hey, you sex crazed poodle. Watch this. Hello, National Enquirer. Hello, Globe magazine. We got some dirt on, on Gore. And yeah. there's this thing that's on a, a website called Silter Resources, World Bank. WorldBank.org is behind a lot of this. Of course. It's the same there guys behind uh, global warming. It's the this same thing. I'll send you this one, and it will be in the show notes. This is a World Bank report on biodiversity and ecosystem services in a changing climate. They've kind of combined it to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. It, because, did you see, global warming and climate change is a part of biodiversity. It's a part of it. That's why it mirrors it. It's the same script. It's the same thing. You know, sometimes you can remake a movie, and the remake just does better. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. So Actually, there in the, in the modern world, the re- remake is often better because often better. the first one showed it. The, the first one is a beta. Yep. And they said, this is a good theme, and let's put a little more resources into it, do number two, and number two kicks ass. So I want all producers, all human resources uh, within the sound of our voices to be on the lookout for the biodiversity meme. You're going to see this cropping up. You're going to see it happen real quickly. They're going to speed this puppy along because climate change just didn't work. Particularly so because the, the weather's been so crappy and doesn't help. So in this, well, this is also the data wasn't that great, but the uh, the uh, there's a map showing a projected ecosystem shift. That's another. Uh, oh, that's another, ecosystem shift. Nice. That's another one to look for. Look for that meme. Mm-hmm. And then there's also they showed biodiversity hotspots. Ooh, hotspots. And then there is a circle here and there all over the globe saying significant overlap between biodiversity hotspots and ecosystem shift. What the fuck That's does it mean? What the place. fuck does it mean, John? I'm sorry to curse, but what does it mean, <laughs> biodiversity? What the, what does it mean? Well, this, the, I don't The definition is in this World Bank paper. It's short and sweet. Uh, let me get down to it. What is biodiversity? Yes, that's my question. And what are, by, by then, this is combined with another definition of what are ecosystem services? Mm. Biodiversity is the variety of all forms of life, including genes, huh, which are now owned by Monsanto, populations, mm-hmm. species, and mm. ecosystems. Biodiversity underpins the services that ecosystems provide and has value for current uses, possible future uses, option values, and intrinsic worth. <laughs> Intrinsic worth, option values, derivatives. Bingo, baby. We've got a new one, Johnny boy. Let's get rocking. That's a good one. You but you know what? Get, We're early on this. You win this week's show. We're early on this, so we can start registering. <coughs> Excuse me. Biodiversity. They're casting him, ladies and gentlemen. Biodiversity. We can start uh, early on registering some cool domain names uh, oh, yeah. and, and really messing with them. We can, Let's do it. We can, no, but seriously, we can get in really early. But, but what you just said was really frightening because it also has to do with human resources. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally human resources. And the biodiversity of the human resource compilation of the Western world must be equaled out. We need to provide some balance, which either means some of us are going to go live in Africa or some of us are going to perish. 
Send him to Africa. <laughs> Put him on the boat. He's off. Yeah, it's reverse. We're going to send the white people over to Africa. I'm telling you, this is bad news. Let them fend for themselves. <laughs> this is bad, bad news. This is, doesn't look good. So while we're on the topic of the same script, I, I, I'm just so tired of it. I'm so freaking tired of them coming at it. They just they don't give up. They do not give up on swine flu, and they do not give up on HPV. It's just no giving up. Oh, my favorite one, which is, I, unfortunately, I have the sheet downstairs, is the new canine flu. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's actually in the, in the One Day in Gitmo Nation book. Is it? It's, it's called the canine flu. Well, the canine flu is a real fluid. Oh, my I God. I don't know that... any dogs have ever had it, but it's wow. currently exists in the wild. We got uh, producer uh, Ricardo in Brazil, Sao Paulo. Science is in, he says. Uh, he actually sent me the link to the, uh, of course, that would be uh, Portuguese. Uh, the biggest news, Portal of Brazil headlines. Studies indicate H1N1, H1N1, the virus of swine flu, begins to mutate. <laughs> of course. This particular quote, he says, was unbelievable. However, this may represent the beginning of a more dramatic antigenic shift of H1N1 influenza that may require an update of the vaccine sooner than expected. <laughs> you never would have expected hmm. that. Um, CNN had a huge piece about uh, vaccines tied into, of course, a child almost dying from the Hib virus. You familiar with the Hib virus? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. So it's. I didn't uh, know there's even a vaccine for that. It's just very rare. Apparently. Oh, no. Uh, excuse me, John. You are so wrong. Apparently, the Hib virus. They developed a vaccine. It was the first virus to have its genome entirely decoded, according to CNN. Um, and they, they started administering vaccines for this in. 1994 and of course the i in hib stands for influenza this is pretty much the i think the the virus that can give you flu hib let's see if uh, it's the um, what is it what's the uh what is that an acronym for i had it here a minute ago anyway i think this is tied into the whooping cough pandemic that we're witnessing in California. And apparently the, the vaccination for this comes at two months. It would be a four, caldemic. I think it's a caldemic. <laughs> two months, four months, six months, and 12 months. You've got to have like four shots for this thing. And the whole thing is about vaccines and, you know, quotes like, Americans no longer see the shrunken legs and paralyzed children, effects of polio. I don't know. I think polio is actually pretty good. We got a vaccine for that. But the hemof... Hemophilus influenza type B. I'm, I'm not so sure that you need like five shots for that. It seems to be like influenza, like a flu bug. It's just. But anyways, we, we, we've already revealed that we have to remind the listeners and newer ones specifically. Adam came up with a bunch of uh, power. Excuse me, PowerPoint presentations and annual reports from various big pharma companies where they went on and on and on about the potential for making big dough. Not even potential. These were in their investor PowerPoints where they were predicting huge revenues looking out two years down the road because they knew it was coming. They, they, because they're all in bed with each other. 
the legislators, the pharma companies, like, what can we do? Well, instead of fixing people, let's uh, make something that's supposed to prevent it. And that's why we have misnomered vaccines for everything. Alcoholism, you name it. You can, right. there's, a, there's a vaccine for it. And uh, it's big, big, big business. But I'm just so tired of them. They keep coming back. You know, it's like, oh, don't well, take, you know, don't the first take time this, didn't work as, as predicted. You know, they had that stupid that woman from the U.N. health that cha- rechanged the definition of pandemic so she could call the H1N1 a pandemic. And then there's there's still people that in the news organizations that still call it. Well, we just we got lucky. We got lucky. We were lucky. Do you think it's those people calling it or the people who write the stories who are the real shills? I don't exactly. know. I don't know who the who the or original shill is. So. <sighs> hey, I, I just had to bring it up again because it's so tiring. But I think we we need to continue to tell people that this is a money grab. And yes, there are vaccines that are definitely good, but I don't know if we need one for chicken pox. You know, and and this H one N one. Well, no one has really quite proved that that thing worked or that it was safe. It wasn't tested. It wasn't trialed. There's tons of lies. The World Health Organization, who changed the rules for pandemic, had had proven ties to the pharmaceutical industry and patents on some of this stuff. So we're just here to help you understand that you don't have to like line up and get your shot, which likely, of course, contains RFID dust. But that's another story altogether. No, that's yeah, I'm not buying that one. <laughs> you don't like to buy that. So uh, I just blew up my browser. So okay. you gotta- well, well, let me uh, help you here for a second. And now back to real news. The real news of the week, as far as I'm concerned, is Randy Quaid and his uh, wife. Well, this, has been, this is not just this week. This has been going on for a while. Yeah, but, but what he's saying now is, uh, is pretty whacked. Uh, so Randy Quaid, who I think probably is just on the skids for some reason, and uh, it's just, it just seems like a really sad story, but now he's hiding out in, uh, in Canada. He wants, uh, he wants political uh, immunity, I think. He wants to stay up there because he says, hey, man, there's a Hollywood whack squad out there, and I think they're, they're after me. Why? He says uh, friends like David Carradine, Heath Ledger, Michael Jackson have been murdered under mysterious circumstances. He's worried he might be next. We feel our lives are in danger, said his wife. Randy has known eight close wait, wait, who friends. Did he, who did he name? Who did he name as the people that have been whacked? David Carradine. Heath, Heath, yeah. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Michael Jackson. And uh, the others are unnamed, but I presume it would be uh, that uh, the girl actress and then her boyfriend also OD'd. And it's like all, I have to say, it's all kind of mysterious circumstances. Well, he had, yeah, well, okay, we can, we can agree to that. And we can probably rationalize some of these deaths insofar as making logical sense of them, A. But B, what's the underlying foundation for this all of a sudden, let's kill these people? He doesn't have a uh, underlying foundation. That's why it's so, real So news. basically he's just gone paranoid. Yeah, maybe he's just going to plead insanity. But the guy and was... Why, what, no, he was busted for like skipping out on a hotel bill or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, squatting in, the, in a guest house of a, a house he used to own. <laughs> I, I kind of know how that goes. 
It's like, hey, man, I got to sell you my house, but can I just stay in the guest house for a while because I need the cash and then he won't leave? <laughs> that sounds like what happened there. Huh. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to subscribe to the... Uh, no, I just thought it was interesting to bring it, it up. It is because, interesting, but it is a little nutty. Because I, hmm. we certainly... Um, I certainly feel that Michael Jackson's death was still largely suspect. Well, yeah, but we had that explained. His sister came out and made the commentary about their, after his... Uh, he's, more, he's worth more dead than alive. If, if you're worth more dead than alive... You're likely to wind up dead. You better be careful because you're worth more dead than alive. I mean, that's just a... And now I hear uh, Michael Jackson's music in commercials. I hear Thriller in like a, a Halloween costume store commercial. That never yeah. would have happened before, ever. Um, he, he had tight control over that. Do you know that Sony's Sony Music's licensing arm is owned half by the Michael Jackson Foundation? All of Sony Music's licensing, he, he owned half of it. He really did a, a number on, on trying to corner the market on this stuff. And, you know, he, yeah, seriously. And now all of a sudden, um, he also owned the... Be- I don't know if he owned John Lennon stuff necessarily, but I know he no, owned he the, the Beatles. The Beatles he had catalog. the Beatles. And now no, I don't I, think he had Lennon's. Now I hear... Was, did, was Imagine released as Lennon only, or was that... Uh, because I hear Imagine now is on, uh, what is it, HP commercials? Yeah. These guys would be turning over in their grave if they, if they knew this stuff. Yeah, I know. Imagine with an HB commercial. That's messed up. It's like an anti-war song. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but no, it's not. It's about color printing <laughs> from from your mobile. <laughs> Imagine you could print in color from your BlackBerry. Oh yeah, you know, they Isn't can't it, find it. it. Yeah, you know, we got Jeff Smith writing jingles for us. I mean, why can't these guys hire guys that are yeah, alive? Yeah, really, who <laughs> got real talent and are here now? <laughs> yeah, really, get Jeff Smith to do something. Don't be picking off dead bodies. So anyway, so yeah, so Michael Jackson. Wow, you know, we got lied about that guy. I'm telling you, did we ever get lied about that guy? About he was broke and messed up, and he had he owned a lot, man. He owned a yeah, lot of stuff. Or dead in life. And his lawyer got 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 knocked off. Ah, doesn't stop. So well, it's, it's just the capitalist system. It has its drawbacks, you know. It does. So, which is yes, there's a kind of, fundamentally there's some issues, but generally speaking, if you're a communist, good. it would be you'd be dead long before. Unless you're and you hot, wouldn't have created anything, you know. They just kill farmers. Unless you're a, a hot looking red headed spy, then yeah, you, then you're you can in rock business. it. You can rock it. So let's do a quick thing here at the end about my Law and Order uh, meme fest. <laughs> okay. So I was trying to figure out this is the Law and Order where they have a bunch of domestic terrorists and they're all and the woman, the one of the women who's also she goes on a jihadi site all dressed up in Muslim garb, as uh, Juan Williams would put it, and then screams scream about the Americans. And but meanwhile she's kind of a hot looking redhead with a nice hairdo and all these things that that you would never do if you're an extremist Muslim. You would you just become you know you become uh, introvert. You wear the the hajib and all the rest of it. But she doesn't do that. She's she's a flower girl as a matter of fact and so i got to i so i got to i'm gonna only have play a few clips but every one of them is laced with all kinds of interesting memes in this case it's a classic example of the police going you know instead of put down your gun it's put down your flowers which puts <laughs> puts the uh, the hippie meme into play and then she drops a uh a, a, a point what is it a uh, product placement into her the arrest for flowers.com no, no, uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> okay, 
can I play? She, does her, she drops her product placement. Now, I don't know if it was a positive <laughs> one, but Red Lobster definitely got mentioned. And out of just completely out of the blue. And then she freaks at the end and starts cussing people out. And this is the law and order. Amy, put down the flowers. Amy, put down the flowers. What? Why? You're under arrest. But, uh, but Terry's picking me up. He's taking me to Red Lobster tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. people looking at. You're the guilty ones. America is killing Muslim women and children and you do nothing. You should all burn in hell. Wow. <laughs> wow. Put down the flowers, bitch. Put down the flowers. You're under arrest. <laughs> but I've got to go to um, insert brand here. Uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it didn't go. But wait a minute. I've got to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> Because I'm taking my husband to Red, Red Lobster. Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So th- now let's just point out to people who may be new to the program who've heard of no agenda shot and are wondering what this is about. This is how this is the this is the real Project Blue Beam right here, baby. This is how we program the minds of Americans. And so they, they, the show goes on with a whole bunch of interesting contradictory memes, which I didn't know Dick Wolf was going to do. But there, but then I figured out what this is really all about. You know, there, there's been a, a long-running uh, uh, change in the meme fest that's toward big governments better, small governments worse. In other words, the local law enforcement people are no good and the feds are better. This one kind of slams the military, and I couldn't figure out why they were doing that. The military guy was a stiff guy who wanted to take all these domestic terrorists and, and pull them out of the jurisdiction because they, they, they murdered a couple of little kids uh, by accident, it seems, or whatever the case was. They were planning to bl- blow up uh, LAX just to make the thing more interesting. And uh, they were, the military is going to take them and try them for by, treason. By the way, LAX was a target, you'll recall. Yeah, it was a target and probably still is. Uh, so let's see, we have, uh, here's the law and order stealing the prisoner clip, which is why the military decides to, to take the guy, and uh, you end up with uh, a, a little battle going on between the local authorities and the military. Gee, the military now all of a sudden the boss of us. Okay. Kind of law and order stealing. Mr. Tasker was denied access because he's no longer her attorney. Ms. Powell and her co-defendants will be assigned new counsel for trial by a military commission. A military trial? Where? At a secure military facility. By order of the executive branch. This is unprecedented. I need to get a statement from Amy Powell. I have to deny your request. Military detainees are beyond your reach. I can't even tell you where she is. Fine, then have one of your people take her statement. Sorry. As a military detainee, whatever she says is classified. This is amazing. So Dick Wolf already wrote this for CNN when we did all this stuff the first time. Now it's just in a, in a dramatized series. This yes, is all actually it, happened. And the cool one about this is the is the this little interesting again is a meme fest. We get a lot of memes. Some of them are contradictory. We have to figure out what this is all about. But he says by order of the executive executive branch. branch yeah, the president says the military tribunal. We've been through this. We just went through it. And now, of course, we had the thing where they were going to do a military trial from some guys, and then Holder decided, which is the executive branch, by the way. Yes, of course. That we're going to do it in 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 uh, in a civilian court. And, the, and so they try to dream up this rationale. Why would we want to prefer the civilian? Because he's a military? terrorist. He's a terrorist. That's why. But 
the civilian court, by the way, wins the battle in this in this little sh- charade. As it but did play in real lo- life. Play Law and Order Stealing the Prisoner Part 2. I need her to convict Walker for the murder of two children. That won't be necessary. Mr. Walker and his friends are going to be tried for treason. Their intent was to give aid and comfort to our enemies by killing civilians and paralyzing air transportation. So they won't be tried for murder? The LAX plot trumps everything. If you convict them. How many terrorists have your tribunals actually convicted in the past 10 years? I have a hundred murder convictions. Not only won't you bring these men to justice for murder, you're interfering with my ability to make a case against them. Mr. Decker, I have kids too. If anything happened to them, I'd hate to see it go down this way. It's out of my hands. I looked it up, and in 10 years, they've had four convictions out of 20 cases, and two of them are already free. Nothing we can do about it now. Yeah, now, John, I just got to interrupt your flow, and I know you have one clip left, but this it's amazing what's happening here. So the, of course, the reason why you want a military tribunal is to protect the asset, because these so-called homegrown terrorists are, in in... In general, they're homegrown CIA or whatever other assets, and they're, they're, they're doing stuff as a part of a, a, an overall program. I don't know if you saw the – I don't know how Fox News got this, unless it was like a reward or something. Like, hey, guys, you know, you've been playing along with the program so well. Here, here's a bone. You know the, uh, the number two guy? The guy with the big foam finger, number two? Yeah, we're number two. Uh, Anwar al-Awlaki. He's the number two Al-Qaeda guy. So Fox News uh, all of a sudden finds documents that this Anwar al-Awaki, uh, who is American, by the way. Did you know that? Yes, a guy in Yemen. Yeah, he, but no, he, he's the guy hiding out with uh, Osama now in Pakistan. They've changed. I didn't know that he got met up with Osama, but he's a, he, this guy, this, this, this is the fishiest character in the world. I think he was raised in Riverside, claims he was born someplace else. The uh, whole- he, he was the guy that uh, the Fort Hood shooter was emailing. Yeah, uh, that guy. Yeah. Well, How he, he became number two in Al-Qaeda yeah. is still a mystery, but we, that's what they're saying. Well, he uh, apparently uh, attended a luncheon at the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> in the Secretary of the Army's Office of Government Council uh, after 9-11. Yeah. No, no, that's that's true. So what does that tell you? I don't know. <laughs> I know what it tells me, but, you know, the whole thing. Well, we thought this guy was fishy from the get-go. Yeah, but now they're calling him the number two Al-Qaeda guy. And, and of course, you get... You have to be programmed to understand it's much better to have the military to... Uh, uh, to to put these guys on trial, it's called protecting their own assets. Yeah, because this guy's an asset. Yeah, totally. But the, but the way they're playing this, of course, is not with that sort of backstory. This is being played as just a battle between the civilian and military authorities, and we should do things in the military and the, the civilian side because we have a better chance of getting these guys arrested and beat up. Although we do have this, there's a clip here that's called uh, "If Sharia Won't Save You." Uh, law and order clip you might want to play which i think is still something dick wolf likes to throw in because i believe that you know essentially i i don't know i never met the guy he seems to be uh, have some sort of uh, agenda but just play that clip our warmonger president is killing innocent muslims instead of giving us peace like he promised america will learn to respect muslim people and the holy laws of sharia 
Congress. You ask for a Koran, then lawyered up. If Sharia won't save you, there's always the U.S. Constitution. Wait a minute, this was this week's law. You missed the punchline. You stepped on the line. No, I heard it here. If Sharia won't save you, there's always the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, no, I got, I got it. There's always the U.S. Constitution. I get it. But what I'm seeing here is this happens one week apart, conveniently from Juan Williams saying exactly this. I'm afraid of Muslim people. It's it's the whole thing. It's my God. Turn off your television. You think? Turn <laughs> off your television. This is this is so bad. It's a lot of anti-Obama stuff in in here too. The whole thing is interesting because I I think there's so many memes going on. I can't really see. I mean, they've decided to create a smoke screen of memes, a meme, a, a meme fest. Yeah. That is making it quite difficult to see what the hell. <laughs> Telling you. So wow. uh, there's one last clip we can play if you want. Uh, no, I don't want to. So then, if you don't want to play that, play Obama at least so we can hear Obama. He's now playing. This was at a middle school in Las Vegas. Obama comes up to do a pep rally. He has nothing to say. He's gotten. Obama does a lousy job of, of rally because he's. I don't know if you've watched him in his recent speeches where he's in public. He's so cocky. We're fired up. He's jerking around. He's got his, he's scrunching his neck. He's smiling inappropriately, which is a pet peeve of mine. I want to talk about it in a future show. And uh, and this is an example of him. So, and, he, and he's throwing out a bunch of cliches. The thing is just idiotic, but you can play as much. And so I want everybody here to understand what's at stake. I appreciate everybody saying Obama, but I want everybody to say Harry, 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 That's right. Zeke Kyle, Zeke Kyle, Zeke Kyle. I need partners like Harry, and I need partners like Dina Titus. Wow. And I need partners like Shelly Berkeley. Look. But it all depends on you. Just like you did in 2008. You could- Is middle school, are they old enough to vote? <laughs> well, that was actually, the, I didn't see any middle schoolers there. It was the same college crowd. That's, you, they have them all behind them. They're just specifically staged yeah, yeah. back there. And cast, they're all they're smiling. Cast. No, they're cast. They're cast. They're they're cast. cast. They're cast. And they're all smiling and nodding. And they're looking at each other with, a, with approval. And they're nodding their heads and smiling. And, oh, and they're laughing when, he, when you, the cue to laugh is set up. It, it's just actually so staged. It's almost hard to watch. But Obama is not impressing me with his uh, – he, I guess he lost that teenage writer, whoever it was that did those speeches for him because this is just a lot – you can play the whole thing or not play it. You might as well stop. Just yeah, listen. No, no, no. It's basically just a bunch of bull crap, and it's, I don't see – you know. He's not saying anything. He's not saying anything except I, he's blaming the Republicans for everything, which is you know, what he yeah, does. Yeah, well, whatever. I'd like to take a quick uh, whip around uh, Gitmo Nation just to talk about a few things that are going on in the world that are not the center of the news, like the controversy over NPR funding and Juan Williams, which, as you know, is really the only thing that's important, the only the thing center. we're talking about. How about uh, people dying in Haiti? You know that place that we... Remember when we had that whole big celebrity star-studded gala and we oh, all yeah, texted all that our money, money and, all the know, billions you, of dollars remember that I'm, John? Surpri- I'm actually surprised because they've been so neglected that cholera hasn't broken out gee you know john it's it's just amazing you bring that up 
They've suffered one of the worst natural disasters of the decade. Now it seems the dying in Haiti is not over. Around 135 people are believed to have died from an outbreak of cholera, and hundreds more are infected. We have a lot of people. The problem is down in the fifth section in Bocosel, Balaguay, Lubin, Poirier. And they're forcing everybody to come up here to St. Nicolas. I raced this guy up here and he just died now as I came to the gate and they told him no. They're struggling to cope at this makeshift hospital in the port city of St. Mark. There are few beds, so many are being treated on the floor. It's clear staff are overwhelmed. Doctors say tests haven't yet confirmed it is the waterborne infection spread through contaminated water. Cholera causes severe diarrhea and vomiting. Okay, so that, that's the key part there. Uh, according to the CDC Centers for Disease Control, so first of all, obviously, people are dying. The pictures are horrible. It's not like these people are not in uh, United Nations tents. They're not in Bill Clinton Foundation tents. They, they're under sticks with sheets over it, Okay. I don't know where the money went, uh, but I don't see it there on the ground with these Haitians. Uh, so billions of dollars. Billions and billions of dollars. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So according to the CDC, for a cholera outbreak to occur, two conditions must be met. One, there must be significant breaches in the water, sanitation, and hygiene infrastructure used by groups of people permitting large-scale exposure to food or water contaminated with the Vibrio cholera organism. Makes sense, right? Now, that's probably happening because they've got nothing. They've got sheets on sticks. But number two is interesting. Cholera must be present in the population. So there has been no cholera in Haiti for decades, John. So it's almost a certainty that the cholera outbreak was brought by relief workers or UN troops coming in from countries with cholera. This was introduced. Now, I'm not going to say it was introduced on purpose, but kind of convenient. We can at least get rid of them because these fuckers won't die. You know, we haven't had a horrible hurricane yet. We, you know, they, have, they haven't washed away, so we got to kill they them. They were banking on the hurricane, I'm sure of it. They were totally banking on it. They can't kill them, so uh, let's let them shit themselves to death. That'll be fine. Beautiful. So I just wanted to remind everyone how well, great job, everyone. Glad you texted your money and hope you felt really good and just gave up on him. It pisses me off. Then well, uh, I think this, you know, the funny thing is that they, we should continue to hound this. You know, I mean, it's too late now. I mean, it's, I mean, the money has been, you know, if they ever do. Oh, I lost you there, Johnny boy. The UN is building trailers all over the place. The great UN. Yeah. Uh, It'll be too late anyway. I mean, they just this. How long is it? When? How long ago was the earthquake? It was a, a February, a January. So it's uh, we're, we're coming up on a year. And nothing. Nothing. Let me just see. Well, they the, made a big stink. Of, you know, Anderson Cooper was down there, and all these guys were down there, and everybody's moving up and down, except for uh, that one actor, uh, Sean Pan, who who is complaining about this. Nobody else seems to care. Let me just see. Uh, oh, Clinton Foundation still no uh, no uh, form nine ninety filed. I, I think they're late on this. Oh, oh. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. I really don't understand. Don't understand how come he hasn't reported where all his money's gone yet? His quarter of a billion that he raises annually. Uh, then I would like to uh, talk briefly about the United States of Europe because there are some very important things happening there. Uh, Haiku Herman, 
who is, uh, in case you didn't know, the United States of Europe has a president. He's kind of dorky looking, but that's okay. You know, it's not about looks. Uh, but he's a dickhead. Uh, he is building a new office building in Brussels, which will cost about five hundred million dollars. John, sounds like some nice digs. <laughs> and this is the uh, Residence Palace. So they're uh, redoing it. The building is. This is not like a new building. Uh, they're redoing this one. But this this was the kicker. This really got me. Uh, the current Residence Palace. Uh, which the the brand new building is replacing, was requisitioned in 1940 as headquarters of the German army during the Nazi occupation of Belgium. How fitting that the president of Europe... <laughs> that is a great symbolism. <laughs> How fitting that he be sitting there. And uh, this whole program, this No Agenda show, really kind of started off around the time that the Lisbon Treaty was in play. This is the European Constitution, which... Uh, the Netherlands and France voted down. Uh, they're like, oh, we can't have the slaves like voting on shit. Let's call it a treaty. Let's change the words around, and let's not have anyone vote on it except Ireland, who, of course, voted it down, and then they had to vote again. Remember all this stuff? I mean, we forget, right? Yeah, and they, had to keep, they keep throwing they keep it in Ireland until yeah. they passed it. Yeah, they vote again. <laughs> that <laughs> vote was voting. no good. Hey, vote again. Shut up. <laughs> vote again. Uh, so not even a year after this thing has been implemented... They are now, uh, Germany and France, uh, uh, Merkel and Sarkozy are getting together saying, hey, you know, uh, we need to change this thing, the Constitution. <laughs> we need to change our Constitution, and, uh, and we need to, like, change the way things work around here. So, once again, it's all under the guise of the financial regulations, but who knows what's going to show up. I'm still looking for documentation but eventually something's going to get written that'll that will barely even see the light of day let alone that anyone will be allowed to vote on it but i would like uh, the citizens of the united states of europe to be aware that that is going on and that uh, your constitution even though it's not called that is being changed uh, and there, no one's really talking about it but it's uh, i think it's really important that people know that this kind of reminds me of like some sort of a fascist uh or well obviously fascist some sort of it's like banana republic style of governing you know you don't like yeah. the constitution hugo chavez yeah. let's change it yeah, go vote again and of course uh, we have a proposition 19 in california coming up for vote on november 2nd and uh, obviously uh, everyone's got to get their uh, their message out uh, willie nelson did a great psa willie of course is uh I think actually we should probably play and ridicule Willie's commercial uh, just to be fair on all sides of the debate. Willie is obviously a uh, a big proponent of uh, marijuana. He's a stoner. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get on the road again. I love it though. It's like on the road again, really stoned again. I mean, you can't. This is a bad song to associate with marijuana, if you ask me. You don't want on the road again to be uh, your your marijuana song but that that's just me i'm not doing pr hey this is willie nelson for normal and i learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol and i quit drinking years ago but until now we all run the risk of arrest if we're caught with marijuana so i I, something new there marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol new message from willie found that kind of interesting 
That is uh, interesting because I had a clip. I don't know which one it is. It may have been the one you didn't want to play, which had a number of memes in it. And it was, again, an anti-alcohol meme, um, which is still cropping up every which way. The neo-prohibitionist movement is, is alive and kicking in a big way. And uh, that actually is part of it right there. So let me play you the funniest one, though. Um, this, of course, uh, came out just in time uh, <laughs> for a, a number of memes in this one. Kids, Halloween, and Mary Jane. Oh, yes. And cookies. I, I don't know if you, this was a big story in Los Angeles on KTLA. Hilarious. It's trick. Not treat for several kids in Huntington Beach. They accidentally ate some cookies laced with pot. Now, <laughs> now, oh no! Pay attention to the memes. Laced with pot. Laced. Laced. So I'll just tell you right now. The, some guy's neighbor baked up some pot cookies and said, "Hey, neighbor, you want some pot cookies?" And neighbor says, "Yeah, yeah, cool, dude. I'll take some pot." So it's not like laced. It's like he made pot cookies. Of course, the douchebag left them on the countertop. The kids come home from school. They're like, oh, cookie. <laughs> they eat the cookie, and they go bananas. Their neighbor is being blamed. Mary Beth McDay joins us live with an early Halloween scare. MB. Scare. It's a scare. And Mike, no one has been arrested in this case. However, police tell us that the... Well, what they make it sound like is like, this Halloween, you know, you can't have your kids go out because they might get cookies laced with pot even even though the story is very simple but this goes on and on and then they they knock on this this person's house and they don't even want to talk about it they're like and the kid opens up he's like fine he's like what it's like right. the, but the person doesn't even want to open the door for the reporter it's like totally fabricated the man who provided the pot cookies could face charges for distributing marijuana <laughs> and making it accessible to children you make cookies and you're distributing and, and you made it accessible to children <laughs> Pile it on seemed the, like a nice gesture. One Huntington Beach neighbor gives another neighbor cookies. The only <laughs> problem, please say, there was more than sugar and spice in them. Yesterday, by the way, nice little meme there. Spice, as we know, is the synthetic marijuana. More than sugar and spice. It's all. This is an amazing report. Got a call uh, at about six. This is the cop. Ready to go to the hospital. Uh, a child had eating a marijuana cookie and uh, they were having a, a marijuana poisoning from marijuana poisoning wow marijuana, marijuana poison poisoning poisoning here's what happens if you're a young child and you eat a whole cookie with marijuana you're going to get dizzy and puke i mean that's that's i think that's obvious you know you probably lots of people who smoke their first joint get uh, nauseous uh, but no, in this case, it was marijuana poisoning. <laughs> How are the kids tonight? How did He's it come? Fine. He's oh. fine. <laughs> the 11-year-old appeared fine when he answered the door tonight. However, his mother was still very shaken up about... Very shaken. She, she doesn't even come to the door. She's behind the door. Doesn't want to talk to these people. The incident. But at least he's better and everything. Yes. Now, do you know, was it only marijuana in the cookies? No, it was crack and heroin. Um, that's all I know. Okay. Was I, that it was marijuana? What kind oh, of cookies? I, I don't know. I was... Chocolate chip, okay? Here. Oh, was it Halloween was, cookies? Was it Halloween cookies? Oh. <laughs> it wasn't Halloween cookies. This is the worst story ever. <laughs> this is great. I was at work. I don't know. The 11 year old wasn't the only one who got sick. So did his two friends who showed up at the same hospital shortly after he did with the same symptoms. The child was had a headache, uh, uncontrollable vomiting, and was pretty sick. Detectives and neighbors tell that, that's the symptoms of marijuana poisoning right there, John. The 
kid was stoned and puking. Duh. Plus, earlier in the day, 40-year-old Jason Davis gave the stepfather of the 11-year-old some pot cookies. The stepfather, apparently unaware they were laced with pot, left them on the counter. The kids came home from school. They were 9-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old boys. They found cookies on the counters and they ate them. <laughs> After playing in the park for a bit, all three kids came home ill. Police tell us... <laughs> they were playing in the park like, dude, I don't feel so good. <laughs> How about you? I don't know, man. That's like, I see, man, I don't feel so good either. Like, there was going, I'm good. So where's Child Protective Services? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they haven't taken these children away because you left your pot-laced cookies out. That's yeah, endangerment of a child. Davis doesn't have a medical marijuana card, and they're still weeding out where the marijuana cookies... Love the weeding out vibe. Whoever weeding writes it, out. weeding out is beautiful. ...came from. And police are also trying to figure out if an incident that occurred at a local high school here may somehow be connected to this case. They say that a teenage girl also ate a pot cookie and also became very violently ill. Oh, my God. It must be bad pot. Bad pot. We got bad pot. Don't vote no on 19. Why don't they just say that at the end? I mean, that's what the story is about. Yeah, but isn't that an, ama- an amazing story? And it was big news. I mean, this was front and center. This was bigger than Juan Williams. Well, I never made it up here, thank Halloween God. cookies. Halloween pot cookies. Uh. Yeah, you got everything. There's another meme fest. I mean, this is what we're dealing with nowadays. They're, they're mixing and matching. It's making it tough for, for us to do our job. And, uh, see, uh, we, we really need to wrap this up. I think we're done. Yeah. Although... Uh, Finally, we did get a little bit of uh, uh, justification in what we always said. Uh, Police Sergeant Mark Todd is one of the few people uh, who was now on record testifying about the Fort Hood shooter, Major Nadal Hassan. And uh, from his testimony, uh, he was using a pistol. He was firing a pistol during the November 5 attack. And uh, just want you to know that this pistol, and there's military people all around him, it's on a military base, uh, was able to kill 13 people, 32 count, 32 people wounded with a pistol. Just amazing how that works. The guy's a fast shooter. Yeah. So he, sh- he shot a clip, probably what, I don't know, how many bullets in a typical clip in a military gun? 12? I, no, I think we actually talked about this, that there could be more, but still. Yeah, okay. like, so you got a big clip, bang, 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 and then he has to, he has to dump the clip. Reload. And throw another clip in. Of course, a million guys could have jumped him right there, but nobody did because they're all scattering. And so he p- puts another clip in and he starts firing. Maybe I put as many as two clips in. Who knows? Three. The bottom line is... Seems sketchy. Yeah. And there's no tape, no uh, all videotape from people who were there. It's been confiscated. <sighs> More we will never know. However, if you continue to help us, and the way you do that is uh, two ways. One is by sending us information. It's, it's phenomenal how much information we get from around the world from our producers. That's the great thing about having this worldwide audience is we get incredibly interesting news. We can match things up together. You see that the same agenda is being pushed simultaneously across the world. That's incredibly helpful. And uh, your support for the show, so we can pay bills. We just ran out of bandwidth again on the stream yesterday while I was doing daily source code. Had to up that. Huh. Yeah, which on one hand is good because we got more and more people showing up, but it's still, it's, 
We need uh, we need to pay Dvorak. bills. slash na and there's channeldvorak.com slash na and noagendashow.com. And this is what we do. Nothing else. Yeah, except John writes some columns and I'm trying to do an app. It's like plan B. Dvorak.org slash na. Give us a uh, helping hand. Please do. Especially if you're in Pakistan. All right, John. Um... You want to try the primer this week? Uh, you were going to send me some notes, which I didn't receive. Yeah, yeah, I got the notes sitting here. I did. I'll send them to you. I can send them to you now. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about it right after the show, and just just pick a day and let's just do it, man. Sure. Because we need to expand the audience. That's the only way we're going to get more support. And uh, check out No Agenda Shots on uh, YouTube. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West here in uh, the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And apparently it's never going to stop raining here, at least for today, maybe tomorrow. There's this weird storm off the coast. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday right here for early morning service on No Agenda.